Welcome to the Tom Castro Shooting Academy podcast. You have now entered the next level. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the new Next Level podcast. I'm I'm actually really, really excited because I'm bringing on some new guests. Well, a couple of old guests and a brand new guest from California. So we got the uh, actually California. So he's one of the few <laughs> guys that has uh, escaped that mindset of guns are bad. So, all right. So I'm going to introduce everyone or let them introduce themselves. And I want to get into Carry Optics Nationals. So we have two guys on the podcast that haven't gone to nationals yet. So myself and Mr. Turbo Tyler have gone to Carry Optics Nationals. Actually, two nationals. This is your second one, right? Your second nationals because your first second one was production. One. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I met Tyler for the first time at what? Area six or was it nationals? Area six. Year. Okay. So area six. And then we went to nationals and shot production. I tried to shoot production, no practice. Uh, and then we uh, obviously became friends and now Tyler shot carry optics. So I'm excited to kind of see what he feels now that this is his second nationals. Todd shot his first nationals this year. And Sean actually is Tyler's friend from California and he shot his first national. So I wanted to bring in some guys that haven't shot this sport yet at a national level yet and kind of get their opinions on it. And then obviously myself and Tyler have, well, hell, I think I've shot like six or six or seven nationals now. So I'm starting to get, you know, long in the tooth at this game. So I'm starting to figure out how it goes, but all right. So introduce yourselves. Go ahead, Tyler. Introduce yourself. Tell everybody who you are. Tyler Meisenheimer from South Carolina. Now, used to be from California, but uh, Grandmaster in uh, Carry Optics. <laughs> <Woo>! and, <laughs> Get that plug in there, baby. <laughs> thanks to uh, thanks to Tom for all of his help <laughs> with all his classes and stuff like that over the last year. So, so um, a brand new. Yeah. I can't let that slide, bro. We cannot just. Oh yeah, let I made Grandmaster like so literally like brand two weeks new. before. Yeah, he was dumb enough to become <laughs> a Grandmaster right before nationals. Possibly <laughs> me that first master at now, yeah. you know, but I I need to do it. it well, you've been working on that. Yeah, you were, and we've had this conversation. Uh, it's kind of funny. We had that conversation where I was like, dude, once you stop giving a shit, it's easy. And what you you end up shooting a, uh, a classifier right after you became GM and, and crushed it, right? Like it was like, oh, isn't oh, yeah, that funny? It was like almost a hundo. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations, bro. That's pretty awesome. I Thank know you, that's sir. something you, you were striving for. So, yes. uh, okay, Todd, tell everybody who you are, bro. Uh, Todd Holmes, South Carolina. Um, run the section match here, taking some of Tom's classes. Hey, got to get the plug in for it. March twenty third to twenty sixth. Awesome match coming up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sean, tell everybody who you are, man. Sean Collegian, um, from Bay Area, California. So about the worst place you can be in California. But, <laughs> <laughs> but competition wise, we have a lot of heat out here. You know, I think I think some other states take it for granted because you guys don't have to worry about the gun laws. But out here, like in the Bay Area, I'd say probably, you know, at least 40% of them are competitive shooters, a lot. So That's pretty awesome, actually. You guys sell out your matches, don't you? We have the biggest local matches in Richmond. I think in the state, about we average 150 shooters at our local level one match. That's insane. Twice a dude. month. <laughs> they have a two-day match because there's so many people. Yeah. So That's insane. It's not it's not too bad so it's just hard to get a few things out here but once you figure that out you know it's yeah. it's just like any other state yeah. it's not as I bad think, as you uh, think there's a lot of loopholes 
Yeah. I think the, uh, <laughs> that, you know, being in California with you guys having the issues with the gun laws, obviously it, it kind of reminds me of the way the shooters are in Ipsic. So like, I just went to the Pan American games and it was like that those guys were like, they had such a passion for shooting. And I was like, yeah, we don't, nobody thinks like that here. <laughs> like we're all a bunch of uh, spoiled kind of spoiled about our guns because we have the opportunity to shoot them. And, and we don't really have anybody that like for myself, I live in Florida, man. I mean, it's crazy. Like everybody owns a gun, Texas, same thing guys. in. Te I have a bunch of buddies yeah. in Texas that I'm friends with. And like, it's just second nature to have a gun. Like you go to Europe though. It's like, I started talking to a couple of guys from, the, from, you know, overseas and they were just like, yeah, man, uh, you can't have a red dot on your gun. It's against the law but you can own a red dot. So what the hell, <laughs> but you can't put it on your gun. It's you put it on your airsoft gun. Right, exactly. But you can't put it on your real pistol. You have, to, that's why production is, you know, such a big thing there. It's just, it's interesting though. Cause you're like, wow, the assault really? Dot. Like, yeah, yeah the assault dot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where <laughs> you're like full auto BB bullets, you know, a little yeah, it was the same bullets. way when Linda moved down from one of our friends, Linda Mitchell moved down from New Jersey. They've got that same gun culture there because it's taboo. Yeah. Where yeah, in actually, South Carolina, yeah. we don't have that shit. It's like, okay, everybody's got a gun. Yeah, I, was talk I talked to Pat David Padovan from Da Vinci, and uh, I guess they did really well up north uh, with gun sales. And uh, I thought it was interesting because it's just like, you know, they were like, yes, we want one. But they just don't, it's not something readily available, right? Like, you're just not walking into a store and grabbing that kind of stuff. So it's just not, like, I guess a PCC is kind of not easy to get. So, uh, you know, when you may find a manufacturer or whatever, I'm not sure how that works, but. You know, I'm just thinking, well, it's it's just like any other gun at that point, you know, so you know, I am curious. Did you guys all bring a backup gun? <laughs> I did not. Nope. 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 I mean, out of our group that we talked about it ahead of time, well, my <laughs> dumb ass switched to CZs right before. <laughs> and, and we um we all knew that there's at least one backup. If it came down to it, we'd switch at the line. Okay. Every, one of the guys, every one of those guys shoots a cz so it's basically five or six different triggers but they all had a backup gun <laughs> everybody's trigger was different everybody's trigger was different when we were dry firing at the house i was like none of these triggers are the same but they're all like yeah but we all got a backup gun i go that's not gonna go well <laughs> Someone's gonna shoot one off. Yeah. did you have one sean uh, no, that's that was kind of my point is like, you know, a couple of people asked me like, hey, you know, you're a GM. Do you have backup? Do? And I kind of laughed and I was like, no, like hard to get that in California. I was lucky to get this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. What do you shoot? Uh, I shoot a CZ Shadow 2. OK, so same thing as Tyler. Yeah, yeah but I mean, he's got I, the X-Wing. He's got yeah. the X-Wing on it. That's, that's true. I have the TiVo Sports Thumblock. I do nice. like it. It's ginormous. So you got that that the thumb rest thing the giant like that's what you, you have out on your gun yeah human called me oh. out on the ceremony sean oh. x-wing collegian so do you have, do you have your uh holster notch to, so it'll fit? uh no ghost the ghost hydra p plus holster it actually will fit it perfectly oh, you don't cool. have to do any adjustments at all that's cool so so it fits in the box like did they put you did they have a box at nationals this year where they put your gun in put my gun in a box so they didn't so, put it yeah. in there nope they just checked my mag he looked at the gun he looked at the thumb lock or the thumb rest and was kind of like huh you know and then that was it well, then they check yours before the match so you know if you could shoot it or not too 
Well, let's put it this way. I didn't even start shooting. On our first stage, Candice Giuliano calls me out just <laughs> out of nowhere. She's like, your gun is too far uh, from your belt. You know, like you couldn't even tell. It must have been like a, you know, five sixteenths away, like nothing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she cards it and whatever. And she's like, this is too far away. You know, this is illegal. So I had to go fend- figure it out what ended up happening i just bent it in a little bit that's how close it was and then she was okay with it so let me ask you this did that your first stage that was my first didn't even get to shoot. so she checked your gear before you started she called me out on only me she didn't ask to look so at she anyone could else see it yeah but she could see everyone's gear right she looked at everyone's obviously but without calling them yeah all right yeah. so i'm gonna tell you that was a great fucking job for her yep like, that's awesome, because that's what they're However, supposed to do. Go ahead, Tyler. She, she did on one of the shooters. I don't remember his name. It was one of the guys we didn't know. Stopped him at the make ready. It already oh. was making ready and then checked his stuff. Like, so that, like that. they could have did the Sean Collegian only before. what? Like, she did that before we even read the uh, stage briefing. But I yeah. thought it was kind of rude to do it while he's making ready, because now one that million, threw yes. his whole. And yeah. that was the, the stage with the steel behind the steel and so it's like that's a not an easy stage you know if any little thing could probably throw off your stage plan and i would imagine thinking all your gear is wrong and you're going to get bumped to open is a pretty big deal so i've seen this a lot uh lately it, it happened at area six this year uh i'm trying to think there was one more match that i saw this happened i'm almost certain it was area eight i'm almost certain because i saw it at two major ma- i mean those are area matches right yeah. there's something wrong that you, you should absolutely be following the rules. You should absolutely be checking their gear. That's not a problem at all, in my opinion. I think that's the right thing to do. That's why we have those rules. There is an issue that you should never be checking someone's gear while they're under make ready or on the course of fire before they shoot. That is should have already been checked. So when they walk up, that needs to be looked at. If you're not going to look at it beforehand, then it's then you, obviously it wasn't a big deal. You should not be inspecting someone's gear before they're getting ready to shoot. That's that's happened a lot. And I've seen, I think the two people I watched the conversation happen with bombed those stages <laughs> because they weren't thinking about shooting anymore. They were thinking about, oh, uh, look at my gear and take your card out and measure it while I have a loaded gun in my, my index is off if I have to move something. Right. And it's not even that part that messed them up because they didn't even have a problem. Like they actually were legal. It was close, obviously, for them to look. But the issue was, is this was under with a live gun in their holster, like the gun. They were already made ready. And then they go, oh, I need to look at that and took the card and put it on their their hip. You know, that's like, you don't do that. Like if you've let them get to that point, then you've already let them get past it too far. The, the conversation with an RO and a shooter is very simple. Make ready. Are you ready? <laughs> Stand by. Can, right. That's the conversation. And then, you know, unload, show clear and all the, all the end conversation that you have. There is no side. There should not be a side conversation. Hey, sir, where are you going? Are you running forward? Are you, no, there's none of that. There, that. That's not what you do when you're an RO. Most ROs are good, but. And sometimes if there's a stage where I'm going to run the RO over, I'll say, Hey, listen, I'm, I'm running back just so you know, and, and just to make them aware to like get out of my way. So I don't run into them and they don't run into me kind of thing, but that's my choice it, that that should never be brought up by the RO. 
So that that's that's interesting that you guys saw that. That's a pretty big level match for that to happen during the shooting part, right? Like during a make ready process. So mm-hmm. the way that happened to you, Sean, is the way it's supposed to happen, especially the first stage. There should be at no point unless somebody cheats that they should have their gear checked the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth stage, or even the 19th stage, right? Does I, that make sense? I don't disagree. I guess what I'm saying is if she were to run around with a card and check everyone on our squad, I know for a fact there was a couple other guys that were cutting it close. You know what I mean? Right. I, I, right. I Candace Giuliano does know who I am, so that's why I kind of felt like she – and I will say this, I, I had the rules wrong. Um, I thought it was from the inner belt to your gun. Apparently it's the inner belt to your grip. Right. So this is a really big tangent, obviously just off of him right. Sean getting his gun checked in the, right. the, uh, the box. But it was funny too, because that same guy grabbed my gun and he was very deliberate about fingering my magwell and he's like mm, no magwell and i was like no <laughs> all right you have to fucking go all in he was really fingering the, the head my gun and i was like yeah the chrono i was like bro stop touching my gun like that so did he uh <laughs> did he spit on it or is it straight up dry banging that, that <laughs> he went right in dude <laughs> this just became a non-family <laughs> friendly <laughs> This just became a non-family friendly video already. <laughs> We're like five minutes oh, in. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's so good. All right. So, well, that's cool, man. You know, again, that's, that's, dude, that's what these podcasts are about, man. Bringing up stuff that I never knew that happened to you guys. And we had talked the entire weekend. <laughs> yep. So that's crazy. All right. Let's start off with what is, what is your favorite stage? Sean, go. Uh the last i think it was the last stage but the cooper tunnel one that was supposed to be a cooper tunnel right i really that stage probably because i'm short i was able to run through there <laughs> quick <laughs> right so but I, I i liked the stage i liked where you start off you had all the steel to the right a few more targets then you went in and then i like the i just like the fact that you could take shots from the back or go up to the box i thought it was you know i thought it was a great stage a big yeah. stage so I agree. I think it was a great stage as well. Tyler? I really liked the all-steel stage, but I also really liked the uh, the visual start stage because that was, like, super different and weird. We don't do that kind of stuff. And I also really liked stage eight because it was just, like, a f- super fast hoser stage. That's the one that we all had to reshoot on the first day. Stage, that might yeah. be something else we want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going up to yeah, we we will. I, I'm I'm going to it now. So stage eight was the one with the oh yeah, where you started in the front. Yeah, uh, and you can choose shot. to shoot the two steel or okay, you can yep. save the four steel for the end. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the, I, yeah, yeah. That was a that actually. I was like I, those fast little quick. I like that stages. stage. Yeah, that was a good. So you have to shoot it at seven o'clock at night. <laughs> so yeah, that was, dude, it was that we all had, most of us had a higher hit factor afterwards though. So yeah, it I was out. a half of half one off but yeah (laughs) that that stage the only thing i disliked about that stage is you only had one plan like there there was no i mean your only option was to shoot the steel or not shoot the steel on the draw right like like or shoot it on the left side or just shoot them all at the end those are really the only two options on the stage but that was a really good stage yeah that was a really good stage i like that stage so sometimes the stages that have one plan usually suck 
but that actually was a good stage. Like I thought that was a really well-designed stage. It was fast. It had some difficulty in it. You could shoot deltas like a bad, like a, like a madman. I, I don't know. I've never done that before, but maybe there might've been two deltas on that stage. I'm just saying I might have had two deltas and ran that like super fast, but you know, those deltas don't help, but that was a fun, that was a really fun stage. I enjoyed and that. And now stage. that I'm looking at the actual like stage, uh, pictures. Thanks, Todd, for sending us the link. I really liked ten. Actually, I like kind of forgot no. about this one. Ten was my favorite. Uh, ten was oh that awesome. stage can fucking awesome suck stage. it. That <laughs> stage can suck. Actually, I really like that stage. I just yeah. didn't shoot it. There's a lot of stages I really liked, and I didn't shoot well at nationals. So I try to take that out of the uh, equation of my the way I shoot yeah. shot it. But that was a really good stage. You know what I liked about that stage? There was a crap load of stage plans on that. Yep. Oh, it like sucked you could go walk around the front. Everybody's going yeah, different directions. That was a really good stage. And I think and it those. Was a, go ahead. It was almost a memory stage on top of that, too. Yeah. Well, maybe for someone like you, but not most of us. So <laughs> I mean, no. Yeah. There was there was not one stage that was a memory stage. I said almost. I didn't say it was. You, you have to remember, Todd, don't count past 10. So if there's more than 10 targets, there was 12 targets. In <laughs> Whatever. If there's like, there's a couple targets bullets. that you could engage for multiple positions. And I know some people do that every once in a while, Tom. I agree. You, you absolutely could shoot multiple targets from multiple positions there. Not, <laughs> not a lot, but there was definitely some, <laughs> some spots where you could shoot extra target, shoot extra into the target. So uh, for me, I could, would just like to get all of the holes in the paper when I'm aiming at it. That'd be awesome. So, that's <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a good stage. Uh, I'm trying to think, Todd, what's your favorite stage, bro? So on, before we move on, what did you, Tyler, you said you liked eight, 10 and what else? What was I, know, the other I failed. One? I failed your question. Cause I gave you like five answers. No, it's okay. Um, what was your question again? What was your favorite stage? My favorite one, honestly, the steel. Like yeah. I really enjoyed the steel stage. We don't get to do that much. Like, just, yeah. you know, like, Oh, we, you know, always shooting paper targets. It was fun to just freaking. I mean, that was for me and you, some, one of our best stages yeah. for sure. I, I mean, we both think, smoked it. Yeah. I didn't think I shot that well. That was my first stage at nationals this year. Oh, so I was able, I shot in the afternoon on day one. I was able to warm up. So I felt great coming into the match. My day one was my best day and, and I still screwed up a bunch of stuff. But my, but I got up to that stage and I just had so much confidence in the stage plan and I ran it a little bit different than everyone else. The way I, I mean, I, there was only really one area you could move and shoot on and nobody wanted to move and shoot because it was all steel. And I'm like, F that bro, I'm shooting this some bitch on the move. So I shot basically two targets on the move. There was, and they were big steel. So it wasn't like I was putting this huge risk in it. And I was able to move on those two pieces of steel. And I ended up like, I didn't know this at the time, but like a couple of the guys were like, dude, that was crazy fast. And I'm going, that was terrible. I had like six makeup shots. That's garbage. That ain't going to do anything. I freaking won that stage. That's what's I crazy. Too, and I was yeah. like, holy <laughs> shit. Like I won that stage, but I was, I stayed aggressive, right? Like if I'm going to miss, I missed fast. Right. And it, it and I didn't, I didn't like dump a bunch of rounds on the same steel. It was mainly me missing my transition to, you know, like I didn't shoot very visually at this match. 
And that, that was what was costing me. But I didn't know that until day two and three that I was really going to suck. Like, I did. <laughs> so I was like, all right, cool. Like, uh, and then it held up the whole match. I was really surprised. I think Mason lane almost got me. It was close. It was um, one of my top five stages too. Yeah. Like it was, uh, it was close. I was right on your heels on that. But one. I, was I was excited surprised. that I had an all alpha stage at nationals. That was pretty cool. Like <laughs> yeah. that was like hell yeah. What what? <laughs> no, you know, what there were some people is, that uh, did not have all alphas though. <laughs> bro, we had a we had a couple guys on our squad that were uh, good shooters, and they struggled on day one, and they left up like two or three steel. They shot them they didn't go over and they never once like looked to see, but like they had terrible hits on them, like barely edged them. And they just, you know, they heard that little sound, I think, and they just left and that okay. cost them a lot. Cause once you well, left, leave a position on that stage, you couldn't see it. So you didn't yeah, even know cost, if you, they went down. That cost me on a stage. I heard the ting and left and yeah. Don't. <laughs> well, that's, that's good though, that you did that. It sucks that you had the mic, but it's good that you trusted the call and the steel it would just been better if you would have had a better visual of it. But once you leave, it's really hard to tell. Was that on that stage or another? Uh, that was on stage seven, I think, when we started. Was it stage? Stage. Oh, is that the one? You know, that's the one with the. Uh, okay, that's the one with the port, the low port, or the high high port that the steel hidden behind the the metal. No, it wasn't that one. Sorry, give me. Yeah, a that's second. the dropout. Oh, but that's at least that's what that's, seven is. That's yeah, that's not what Todd's talking about. No, it's not. I'm. Sean, did you shoot with them at Nats this year? Yeah. Okay, so you yeah. guys all shot together. Okay, cool. It was stage 11 that I had it on. 11? Where it was the steel at the, to the far right, and then it activated the swinger that you had to move back on. And when I got oh, back okay. to the swinger, it wasn't right. swinging. I'm like, shit. Yeah. Okay. That was depressing to watch, yes. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> so did you shoot though. the swinger while it was static and then go get the steel, or did you? My dumbass left it thinking I was going to do the calibration thing. So, and then as I'm finishing, I'm like, fuck. So I ran. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I ran over I and I picked it up after that, but I should have got it the first time around. But anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then I called for calibration right away. And then we walked up. I'm like, uh, edge hit. And they're like, she's already coming. Yeah. So, so you barely took the paint off of your blue bullet. Like it was not <laughs> it's even not a blue bullet. Hit. It was um <laughs> extreme. Oh, yeah. Plated. yeah, that's right. It barely took the plating off the side of the well, bullet. Awesome. It was barely agrees. So my favorite stage was definitely the steel stage, not because I won it. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's because he won the stage. That was my favorite stage because I like the audible thing. Well, I just enjoy, <laughs> I enjoy the, it goes down or it doesn't go down stages, right? Like it's, it's kind of a, the purest shooting you can have. Uh, you're either going to shoot it fast and knock them all down. There's no worries about deltas or points. It's all alphas or it's not all alphas, right? It's alphas or mics period. So then it, it becomes a pure thing of just transitions and speed, right? It's, I just enjoy that kind of shooting. And I'm not a big fan of steel challenge, <laughs> no. but I enjoy like knockdown steel matches, pro-ams, like stuff like that uh, without the 10 round reload thing. That always, it's like, man, I want to shoot, you know, just let me rip these things, but I get it. You know, it's, it's part of the game. So um, what was uh, your other favorite stage besides the steel one? Um, that one just really did. I, I liked it, right? All steel's fun, but it just didn't impress me. Like as a stage builder, it didn't really impress me. So besides that, what was your other favorite stage? 
I really enjoyed, I would say that I, I, one of my other stages that I really, really enjoyed was I didn't shoot it great. I mean, I sucked really bad at the end of it. I shot it great in the beginning was I really liked seven. I like the field courses. I like seven stages, like seven, number eight. I enjoy field courses. I don't mind like smaller stages. I just want to be challenged for stage planning, right? I hate when you're like, all right, I'm going to stand here. So is everyone else. <laughs> like yep. those stages suck. The, my favorite stage when it came to stage planning though. Okay. And let me roll down here because I want to make sure I call the right one. It was definitely 13 with the barrel start. 13 was one of my favorite stages. That stage was freaking awesome when it comes and, to stage planning. Ten and, thir 10 and 13 were my favorite stages. Hold on, Todd. Go ahead, Sean. What, that was kind of the diamond symmetrical one. Yes, that yes. was the diamond. Yeah, yeah. that was, you know, I like that. Dude, stage. you almost smoked that one so good. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had like run, but I forgot it's hard. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so I, I mean i enjoy i i enjoy stages that have a mix of paper and steel and that had no steel on it so but i i want the challenge of the stage planning part that's real that's one of my favorite things of this sport is the stage planning because when you can have multiple plans and you can all still get the same stage score or close or similar that's my favorite because right it's yeah and that's the thing is like if you notice like and again i think my least favorite stage this is not just like because there was some that i just thought were really terrible in my opinion the worst stage of the match for me between was between number one and 17 so the reason i hated 17 is because everyone ran it the same direction you had no choice you started on the target in the back and then you ran forward <laughs> down a straight line whether you shot the target to the right or whatever however you did it you always ended up basically the same way so it was the same stage plane it was forced everyone had to start in the same position and it was a start anywhere right because it didn't make sense to start anywhere so that was the one where you started in the back left drew on a paper and then ran straight up the left hand side of the field course oh, Wait, was that the Ipsic style ones? Yep. Two yep. We had two on our squad. There's two, three I different thought, stage plans. Yeah, Todd, I thought, hold on. Thing until I saw someone on our what Todd said on our you know squad run it differently. They didn't run up. They stayed back. That doesn't mean that was a smart plan. Just because you can do something <laughs> stupid doesn't mean it's the right <laughs> a good plan, right? Like oh, again, I, and that, and I'm not. I don't want to think like like i'm not saying my stage plan is the best but if you looked at the numbers at like that stage the guys winning that stage are all running up and the reason why is because you're getting closer and shooting faster yes right so again it's not that you can't have <laughs> different stage plans <laughs> it's just they're not smart stage like i can come up with all kinds of dumb shit to do uh you, you know what i mean like if i want to do something stupid like stage one was the one-handed shooting i could have started in the middle <laughs> and then ran left and then ran right. You, you know what I'm saying? Like you can do a lot of dumb shit. It's just that to make it a viable plan, it's not a viable plan when it comes to the, to shooters like us, right? Like top shooters. No, no one's going to like, I didn't see anyone start in the front. Does that make sense? Like, and run yeah. backwards. Why not? That's totally, you could absolutely do that. Well, it doesn't make sense. So, you know, again, you have to kind of eliminate those stages 
like those stage plans, they're not, they're not a viable plan, right? You can absolutely shoot a, a, a 25 or 30 yard shot on a half target Ipsic, but would that be smart? Probably not. Not if you don't have to. So Tyler shot it a little bit different than everybody else. Tyler ran up, shot some stuff going to the left and then finished in the right corner. Right. Then you finish in the far right. Yeah. And right, it, right. it was, I yeah. got all my hits. The yeah. time was really good. Very, yeah. I did well on that stage, but you added a lot more risk than most people because you moved. Yeah. Shot but I have, I have faith in my act. Yeah, and, that, and that's okay. Uh, but your average person isn't going to do that. Right. Like it's, exactly. that's a, that's a stage plan that, did it was Isaac's that? stage plan, and right. I was like, I like it. I, yeah. I think I could take those shots at that distance. And yeah. I sometimes it every once in a while at like a big major match, I might yeah. be like, hey, maybe the risk is, will be worth it. I don't yeah. I wouldn't say that it really like was in that case, right. but I I executed it well. That was yeah. all I can really say. I don't remember yeah. what I play, so I can go look really quick, but it's well, not no, it's fine. Really I mean, relevant. It's, it, the fact is is that you are as long as you're doing what you want, that's all that matters. But it's just that stage didn't have a whole lot of I mean, at the end of the day, you still started in the back left corner. <laughs> it was a filler stage. Yes. There's gonna be filler right. stages. Like right. well, there shouldn't is. there shouldn't be at nationals. There should be no such thing as a filler uh, stage. Well, yeah. I'm just saying That's for the second half of yeah, this yeah, podcast. Right, right. <laughs> uh, what was your least favorite stage since I'm on it already? Sean, go. Uh, fuck. The one with the, the activator, you stepped on it and it had it activated in the middle and it was three shots in the, the middle. Clam, so yeah. Clam one. I just thought that was fucking just a waste of time. <laughs> like, that was As like, someone who did really good on it, I agree. Like I, it, it was fun, I guess, but it was just stupid. It was just like I couldn't believe that that was at nationals. Like it was almost and like they just also, put it together last second. That's also a Virginia count stage. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh oh, strike one. Yeah, there's one. That's one of them. Shots fired. <laughs> the Virginia count. Uh, I didn't, Todd, what, I didn't, what was your least favorite? Fifteen to four. Four reload four four. Hey, Virginia count. Yeah. Virginia <laughs> count. <laughs> uh, Tyler, please tell me your least favorite stage was like another Virginia count. Let's keep this rolling. It's nine. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> apparently, I didn't know this because you know I don't shoot fixed time stages all the fucking time. Oh, so wait. you know, wait, wait, wait. So Your he, least favorite knew, stage is a Virginia is a uh, is a part time. Fixed time means yeah, part time means another Virginia part count. time. <laughs> so Wait, I, I felt yeah. it, no, it just says fixed time. Right. And fixed so time a fixed time means Virginia means count. Virginia, but you know, even a freaking, you know, a very I shoot every freaking weekend. I, we never shoot part time stages, and I felt like the ROs could have mentioned it because when so I, made, I made nine. a makeup shot, yeah, that was stage yeah, nine, I, did, yeah. I did a makeup shot and they gave me a penalty and I earned that penalty very, you know, very well. But when I asked, I was like, dude, what? I was like, I was like, what, what do you mean extra this and that? And they're like, well, it's fixed time. And I was like, so, and they're like, fixed time always means Virginia count. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, shit. I was like, you guys didn't mention that. And they're like, you should know. And I was like, fuck you. <laughs> like the courtesy, <laughs> a little courtesy and be like, hey, just so you guys know, I say that shit all the time at my locals. If there's a if there's a Virginia count classifier, like, hey guys, for the new people, or if you don't know, no makeup shots, like takes one second to be courteous. 
So I, got I probably the same, wouldn't fuck that up. <laughs> I got the same exact answer from them. Thanks to you, I knew the rule now. I didn't know the rule. Again, you learn, you should, you're going to learn a lot by just paying attention to your buddies and listening to, there's a lot of stories that come out at nationals. I was that, the like, first shooter, that's why. Right. You learn a lot at nationals, though, if you or any of these matches, really, if you listen to people talk about stages and they'll kind of tell you a little bit about like, hey, man, I uh, I got a penalty because of this or that. And you're like, shit, I didn't even know that was a rule. Yeah, You look right? a little like, surprised. Yeah. Right. So I said something to those guys afterwards. And I said, because I I I kind of played squad mom on that one because I was kind of like, hey, guys, like, hey, R.O., like isn't that mean this is a Virginia count stage? And there was some really good shooters on my squad that were like, really? And I go, yeah, I didn't know either. So don't get screwed. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. like, cause it could happen on that stage easily. So I thought that was, uh, and the ROs gave me the same answer. Again, they weren't being jerks. They, you know, I actually really enjoyed talking to those guys. They were all really nice. I just asked, I said, don't you think it's kind of a like shitty to not to say something? And they're like, well, you're supposed to know the rules. And I'm going, so if I asked, you I had bet no they didn't know before it. they were working that right. stage. Well, they, or maybe before I, they shot it. Right. And then I asked, <laughs> so I got the answer I needed, but they didn't volunteer it. So I said, don't you think that should be on the like stage briefing? That's kind of like almost intentionally screwing over shooters. And they were like, no, I said, I kind of think that's like, a, that's kind of a shit move, man. I think that's kind of shitty to do to people, but. It's not their job to teach us the rules. I, I I do understand that. I do not. I don't have a problem with what they did. It's just kind of like it makes me wonder. Like at what point? Maybe they shoot fixed time all the time at right. their locals. Well, like, I don't I, fucking know. I, I just think it's kind of one of those things. It's part of the sport that you learn as <laughs> you go. I guess Todd's getting some some cat booty in his face on that one. <laughs> but I think you I think you kind of learn as you go. A lot of times, unfortunately, it happened to you at nationals. Right, that's yeah. on the, to learn on that the stage briefing for that stage. Doesn't it say part no. time? No, it I says, just looked again too. It says fixed just time. Make sure it's, I wasn't retarded. Yeah, yeah, and it was funny when Yi Min explained it to Tyler too. Yi Min's like, fixed time is always part time, and we're like, right. oh. <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, that's that's part of this sport. I do don't disagree with that. You do Talk have me the to, win, bro. Yeah, you but but I don't disagree with that part. You do need to know, learn the rules, right? I mean, you're not yeah. gonna know them all, but like now you know, right? It just sucks. Now like I, I said, it happened at so Nationals. next year, Nats, I'll forget and do it again. Right. Well, guess what? They're doing it again at open nats. So um, from what I've <laughs> seen from the matchbook, they have another four more effing uh Virginia count. So I'm excited. Three hundred dollars for Virginia count. It's awesome. So all right. So I want to add to the worst stages. One of the worst stages, in my opinion, this is my opinion, right? Was stage number one for two things, for two reasons. One, it was Virginia count. And I don't have a problem with Virginia count. What I have a problem with is making it strong hand and weekend with Virginia count and a standing reload <laughs> for two strings. Two standing reloads. Two standing reloads. I might as well make it a classifier. Thank you. I'm not understanding why, for whatever reason, this year we have done all this Ipsic type style things. Like this is a like it's kind of a. And again, I'm I'm good with the challenge. It's not what I'm saying. I don't mind the challenge. I actually really like one-handed shooting. What I don't like is giving me one-handed shooting and Virginia count. 
not freestyle <laughs> stuff. Right. It's it feels like this match was heavy with the start here position. You don't get freestyle almost anything. Everything was start holding this, touching this, uh, yeah. like starting at a barrel. There was a lot of no most. There was almost no freestyle in this match. Didn't somebody tell us that when there's a world match, the nationals is always that way to get people ready for the IPSC? Well, it's kind of funny because what's really, you know, what's interesting is they don't support the world shoot team. So why do they care about the match that they put on for them? Yeah, I was just saying that was thing. They don't, they don't get them ready for there. They don't help pay for the match. They don't help send them with hotel rooms. They don't pay for their flights. So why all of a sudden do you care now to give them stages to get them ready for the world shoot? I was just saying that was a conversation we had with people there that that was one of the reasons we got. Well, if that's their argument, stop it. Yes. I want to shoot a USPSA match, not a (laughs) fucking Ipsic match. (laughs) I don't mind the Ipsic match. It was just, we had four stages with 24 round guns. That's one of my issues. You're limiting me. You're making me shoot basically production style matches, a match. That's kind of, and again, I, I didn't, I don't hate Virginia, <laughs> count, but it's 2022 and you have a high cap match and you're giving me low cap stages. And I understand the filler stages, right? You need those, like you, you have to put on more than just 10 stages because it's out of nationals. Right. But some of those stages, I, I wouldn't even put them up at my locals. I'm sorry. I, I just wouldn't even put them up at my locals. Like that's how much more, how this is the first nationals I've been to that I actually really disliked the stages, not, not the nationals. I thought nationals was fun. I, I always enjoy nationals because of the event that it is and the challenge of nationals. It was the, the fact that I walked away thinking, wow, I barely shot this match. I feel like I didn't shoot much. Right. It's the first time I, I just feel like we need more field courses when you go to nationals. Right. Agreed. Challenge Those me. Are my favorite course. Yeah. You want to give me one-handed shooting? I'm down with that. Give me a stage with one-handed shooting. You want to do strong hand, weak hand, two different stages? Cool. I'm down with that. You want to do a Virginia count? Cool. You want to do a part-time? Cool. But to add four stages of the same style, that's just, I don't know. It just kind of got under my skin. And trust me, I'm not the only one that was irritated by all the Virginia count. Right? <laughs> Sean's going shopping in his Zoom <laughs> He's at Dairy Queen or something. <laughs> he just walked in. He's got to get a smirk store. on, he bro. Did. He just walked into the gun store. I want two everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but stage well, one was one of my, uh, that was kind of an irritating stage not, because Virginia count standing, he's looking at the, hey, dude, he's going to win the lottery on this thing right now. <laughs> just remember, if you win on this podcast, you got to split it with us. So uh, that was one of my complaints on that stage. So I, I just, I just really dislike the standing reload part. Uh, you, you could give me Virginia count and the one handed, but then making it a standing reload, just where's the, the freedom. We all, everybody shot it the same, you know, everybody had to shoot that stage the same. There was no freedom to really like that. I tried to shoot it differently. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. So before they rewrote the WSB, Yeah, I guess the Virginia, (laughs) I don't know if I want to get into that. Yeah. You know, let's talk (laughs) about it. You just, you done ruined it. You brought it up. Um, So tell me your experience with that stage, Tyler. I'm excited. Well, we uh, were one of the uh, shitty clubs that were uh, jackasses and set it up at our local uh, to try it out because it was such a different stage. You know, you don't normally, do strong hand, weak hand movement and, you know, that kind of stuff. So we were like, let's 
practice it. Why not? Who? That's sad. So, screw him. In California, they have terrible ideas. Go. So we had a uh, we had a couple people notice um, some discrepancies in the the stage the written stage briefing. It, I mean, a lot of people would disagree. That's fine. I don't care. I mean, I still shot the stage how it was intended, but the uh, it was written in a way where there was a really great way to only have to run one way and not have to run it back and uh you know so i didn't want to get stuck with trying to arbitrate the uh that and get into a bunch of penalties and you would have gained yeah so <laughs> yeah so I, I i talked to a couple ro's i talked to a cro and he kind of was like man you know maybe you know he was kind of like he's like that he's like no at first and i explained it again and i, I mean i don't really want to get into it because it's like a mute point but then he was like, man, maybe, I don't know. Like if you read it like that, yeah. Like maybe right, so you, no, 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 no. you can't, way. you can't gloss over it because, <laughs> All right, well, so it because, says, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. You have right. to explain how you were going to shoot it because the way it reads your, the way you were going to shoot it was viable because there was one word missing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was a single word missing. <laughs> so when they didn't put that single word, it opened it up to do basically it's kind of like starting out of bounds technically is one foot in one foot out hell starting out of bounds technically is one foot touching toe touching out of bounds right yeah. and you just lift your foot yeah. this is one of those things where it's not really i mean obviously it's gaming people can say whatever they want but you're just following the stage brief that they gave so what was the word that was missing do you remember yes it was the word then so they said, shoot uh, targets one through six, free, or don't even say freestyle. It just says, shoot targets one through six, comma, perform a mandatory reload, comma, shoot the last, uh, or no, it just says, shoot the rest of the targets, strong hand only. Yep, and I'll so I'll, I'll read it okay. verbatim for you. That way we actually, you know, yes. yep. say it the right way. So upon, Audible start signal, engage each target with only one round each, comma, perform a mandatory reload and engage each target with only one round each, strong hand only. So the argument was that because it doesn't say then perform a mandatory reload like after the first six shots, it basically opened it up to you can perform a mandatory reload whenever you want. Technically, you're still following the WSB. So I was going to shoot like i was gonna start on the left i was gonna shoot one two freestyle and then switch back and then go one one with strong hand and then go to the next spot one two one two and then go to the last spot one two one two and then just reload at the end which that wouldn't have added any time because it was after the last shot but i still performed the mandatory reload and would have only had to run and I didn't engage each target twice. I engaged one and then engaged another target. So you couldn't say it was a stacking thing. Um, so then because I brought it up to CRO and he was like, maybe blah, blah, blah. I decided I saw Troy driving around in his cart like he was doing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to ask Troy. He's the fucking guy, right? He's the guy. So I said, Troy, blah, blah, blah. Let me explain to you the situation. I just have a thought here and I don't you know, want to incur a bunch of penalties or whatever because you could read it this way. And I told him my idea, not even fucking one second. He said, no, <laughs> you cannot shoot it that way. You will get penalties. 
And I was like, but, and he was like, just shoot it like it says. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, okay, got it. So I just shot it like they intended. And I didn't bitch about it that much, really. It's like, hey, I, I did get on the stage, so I don't care. But it's well, just... They, uh, they also changed the WSB after staff. Yes, so the that. next morning, all the WSBs had comma, then perform mandatory reload after all the RO had shot it already. So I thought that was funny. But none of the ROs gained it, so it was okay to add that word into it. Do you know that? Yeah. Well, Maybe that's what we were up. told. <laughs> but do, do I know that think, for sure? Do no. you think someone watched every RO shoot that stage? <laughs> of course I did. No, I, I don't know. I'm asking I was you, there. do you think no, that someone not, sat not, there, there and was not a single every per person who watched that shoot the stage? There was not a they single person that watched everybody. Okay, that's because they're not dicks like Tyler who wanted to game the stage. <laughs> no. It would have been a stage okay. one, baby. So. Tyler was the reason changed it. That wording was false. Like, it was just false. It didn't basically tell you when to do the reload. No. It just said so, perform a reload. I was like, well, I, I will whenever I, I want to. the biggest thing <laughs> in this is that this is a very valuable lesson for anybody who writes stages. There will always be someone pushing the envelope to find that extra time or gaming i'll say it, I'll, I'll, fly, it I'll, I'll find it like i'll say it like this they're trying to improve your stage design <laughs> yes well think about anytime you go to a place like we we have a local here sometimes they forget to put your hand position so you know what you start it right over the gun it's like you know whatever it's not the end of the world so one of the things i've learned in this better. sport one of the things i've learned in this sport is you are to shoot the stage the way it's written, not the way it's intended. If you as a stage uh -huh. builder and a designer want them to be very, do something specific, such as unload his start, you want hand versus yeah. hands uh -huh. uh, doing something, yeah. then you need to be very specific with that. And if you are not, please don't get pissed when someone doesn't do what you intended. It's not written on the stage briefing. We are at shooters are taught that the stage briefing is the stage briefing for a reason. It's the rules yeah. that we are to follow. If you are not specific, people are going to, I, I don't like the word gaming because to me, if you tell me to stand out of bounds, I'm a hundred percent standing out of bounds because you asked me to. But if the rule is that technically out of bounds, my foot is touching one in one out, I'm out of bounds then. So you have to know that that's the rule. And if you don't like that, be more specific. I mean, they've had this conversation since I've been in the sport for at least three years since I've been paying attention. I've been in the sport for four years. Three years I've known to one foot in, one foot out is technically out of bounds. Well, so, every single one of us wants an advantage. So why not yeah, use yeah. ourselves? Why 100%. hold ourselves back from having an advantage right. if you can have one? And it's not my fault without other people cheating. didn't think about that. But here's yeah. the thing what people don't like. They don't like that you have that advantage because the way you think. They think you're cheating. And I'm like, no, it's because no. he's thinking. He's not just walking up to the stage and go, well, I guess I'm going to do what they told me to. It's because you're looking for that advantage. You're trying to find that little extra time and squeeze that out. And the funny part is it's not even like you'd be the only one thinking of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, you're just the only one that asked. Right? And it wasn't even Tyler and I at the Belton squad. I mean, match that did it was a totally different squad. Right. That caught that. And they asked, they brought me over there. They're like, can we shoot it this way because of this? And I thought about it, looked at the rules. I'm like, yeah. I was like, this stage briefing's black. Yeah. <laughs>
And again, it's, it's just be specific. This isn't, you know, this isn't even a shitting on those guys. It's just, you have to be specific and they know that it's just that. I don't think anybody thought that way. I don't think there was a lot of people that thought of it that deep, right? They just read it and said, okay, cool. I'm, I'm shooting everything one-handed and I have to reload, you know, but then again, one, to avoid that a one standing reload. Word, right. Just to avoid <laughs> a standing reload. Right. Like I said, to improve right. the stage design. Sean <laughs> wants to get a word in. I could see it. Go Sean. No, I just, I mean, but. What, what, at what percentage would you say the sport is mental? 85 percent, 90, 90, easy. 90. So you, you're, you're you're telling me that it's weird to think a little bit in the sport. <laughs> I, I just I think it's a little weird. I mean, people yeah. should be more. You know, that's that's part of the stage, right? When you're reading right. it, the stage description, you're going to see how you're going to do it, right. and then from there you have a stage plan, and that stage plan consists of you know the stage description a little bit right if it says shoot them as you see them or it's unloaded like specifically me unloaded starts when i stage build i will say no propping the gun because people love mm-hmm. to prop the gun oh, and yeah. i've got, yeah. I've got that <laughs> giant right. if that's not in there i'm propping it <laughs> so you know i just think you know yeah as a stage builder you know you need to be you know, on point, you need to be very descriptive about, you know, what it is that you can and cannot do. Yeah, and that's from the DNORI. They tell but, you to be as descriptive as possible in the WS. I game. I mean, I game it though. I feel like any sport, anything, I'm looking for a slight little advantage, whether it's me thinking on my toes or a better stage plan. I mean, so I don't know. I do kind of consider it gaming. I know you hate that word, Tom, but yeah. I just think yeah. because gaming has turned into a like a um, it's a negative term as like trying to call us cheaters for trying to use our brains no. to find that advantage. Right. I mean, how many times before like I can't tell you how many times I've seen people hook a wall with their foot and save a position and shoot shit. And I'm like, and that's, that's fine. terrible. No, but I mean, like, I'm like, that's garbage. <laughs> and then I'm like. I have to do that now. (laughs) I have no choice or I'm losing two seconds to somebody. Does that make sense? Like on the visual start stage, you could lean against that wall in the, that one shooting position in the far left. And there were people doing that. Oh, to shoot the back left targets. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because it was touching. That's one of the things we asked when we were walking stages. Yeah. These are touching. Is that inbounds? They're like, yes. I'm like, okay. Yeah. There's a lot of people that ask that too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't even see that because I don't cheat like you guys, you sons of bitches. So, uh, yep. No, but I mean that, listen, those are the little things that if you can find it's the game, it's, this is a game, right? You mm-hmm. should be looking for those. And, and as a shooter that, that build stages and matches, the first thing I do after I build a stage is I try to break it. Yep. <laughs> I try to find who, what asshole Tom Castro is coming behind me to do what I would do. Right. And I try to solve that breaking problem. I, I cover things a little bit extra if I have to, uh, I, I don't allow, I make sure that it, the stage briefing is, you know, a good example this weekend, I built a stage touching a wall and I didn't say standing out of bounds. Right. But the way I designed it, it was intended for you to be out of bounds. Well, with a rifle, you could put your buttstock on your belt. Like I, and that's why I was like, Oh, that'll solve it. It'll keep them closer to the wall. Hell no. They were still damn near standing in bounds, but they had to run. So to me, when I forgot to write that, I was like, Oh, it's not that big of a deal, but it didn't force them as far forward as I wanted. Right. So they, some of them gained more of an advantage because they were, they had a rifle, which again, wasn't a big deal. Rifle shoots versus rifle. So it's not a big deal. But at the end of the day, it was like, Oh, 
damn it, I should have been a little bit more specific. Yeah, like, PCC like, is worse like than being a gamer anyway. <laughs> well, watch it. I'm going to shoot that shit this year. I'm excited. So, but yeah, I, I practiced we were, today with that. At our local, I was walking the stages before the match, and somebody didn't realize the MD's on the stage with them. They're like, oh, the, the WSB doesn't say I can't do this. And I'm walking around right with my pen in my hand, walk over to the WSB, wrote it down, and walked off. So let me ask you a question. Was this after somebody else shot it, or was this before no, the this match was, started? No, this was before the match started. Ooh, good thing, because I know people change things after the match starts. I'm just checking. <laughs> All right. Um so we talked about the worst stage. Well, we all know what those are. Uh, anything that was a Virginia count was my worst stage, in my opinion. I didn't hate them all, but I just, I just thought that was kind of crazy. The, I did, let's, let's the talk one about, Virginia count one I yeah, did well, like was the four activators, the four steel and four activators, because oh, that made that right. one a that challenge. Was Virginia count, but I liked that one because it, that made it an extra challenge on. No, it wasn't Virginia it count. Was. It was no, one shot on paper because it had steel. Yeah, it was one. Yeah, shot it was on one paper. shot was on paper. Virginia, but yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my, one of my favorite stages or one of the stages we talked about, I'm interested in your opinion was the visual start stage. Like I've never shot one. I never shot a visual start stage. So the big thing with the visual start stage is did any of you guys get caught walking the stage, like, and looking where you were going and not looking at that. Like when I walked the stage, I caught myself constantly looking where I was going and not looking at the light. Like when I, I, didn't I did it have, a few it, times. Yeah. And even before yeah. I shot or before we had some guys on our squad that shot, I caught a couple of guys like looking where they were going while they were under standby. And then they were like, oh. they whipped their head to the light real quick, realizing <laughs> like, oh shit, I'm not supposed to look over there. No, I, what I, I thought I, that was a challenge too. What I did is when I was like two or three shooters back, I stood back there and practiced like I was going to go and watching the light because I'd never done it before. Good job, Todd. Right. Did you watch that? So they had quite a few problems with that light. Like, did your guys, did they have to reset your timer at all? Not on our stage. The yeah. squad before us, I think so, but um, they had it all figured out for us. Yeah, they, I, what it was, was, and what I was watching the guy, they had to resync them is how they did it. I guess they like that timer had like it's connected to the timer. So when he would say stand by and beep, the thing would just be random. Obviously it didn't go off when he pushed the button or maybe it did. But uh, I noticed that he had a couple of times where he had to resync it on a couple of stages or squads, like not, not for the whole squad, but like a shooter here and there or, or yeah. whatever. Was so that, I'm assuming that was Bluetooth. It is Bluetooth. Yeah, it is Bluetooth. They didn't have a cord or anything going there. I just thought it was, I liked it, but I don't like that you could have a shooter up there and he's under standby and it doesn't go off and now you have to restart him. I think that really is not, that really jacks up shooters, right? You should, you know, right now, like you're ready to go, ready to shoot. And then the guy goes, oh, damn it. The thing's not working. Hold on. What? <laughs> like I was just ready to go and now I got to start this all over again. So I, I, that's the kind of like, you know, it's hard because you just don't know if it's going to work every time it's, it's, you know, equipment error, but you should like the timers just don't fail normally. Right. Obviously if they run out of batteries or whatever, but it's very rare for a timer not to work. So like the fact that there were some failures there and not every shooter got the same start and they had to be stopped and restarted, that kind of sucks. You know I mean? I guess well, I wonder how many game, times that actually happened, but I think it was quite a bit. Like, okay. I, I think it was quite a bit like, and I don't know. Staff times they had some issues with it on staff days. I knew I'm that gonna tell sure. you we had at least one shooter, it happened to us. 
on our squad. All I'll say, I, I at least liked that they try to do something different and interesting. Like I do not disagree. I like that too. Yeah. I, I found myself perfected, like, right? Yeah. Well, and that's why. So maybe like using it at one of their local matches, like a month before, and kind of get that you know shit well, worked that out. Maybe, been around but... a long time. That's not a new thing. Okay. That's been around a long time. We've just never seen it, right? It's been yeah, around a yeah. long time. So it just it just sucks when that happens because it's. Uh, you know how it goes, man. It's it's awesome yeah. when you works. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like yeah. it's kind of like having a crazy activator system on a stage, but it only works ninety five percent of the time. Well, that five percent <laughs> is screwing up those guys that were you know have already shot the stage and it didn't work. You know what I mean? Like, but as a stage builder, though, they should have thought. I do agree. Like the Bluetooth thing, if that's how it was, that's kind of dumb. It should have been a cord. You know, they could have had the cord go under one of the wood beams or something. Yeah, buried and, in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Thing. you know what i mean they and then they would have never had a problem like maybe the yeah. rain would have, actually no it would have even been fine in the rain so it i don't they know could have pvc piped it but yeah well yeah. i think the ro should have been up range when he hit the button personally he could have just stood by the green light and pushed the light button and then it would have been fine <laughs> well, they, could have, they could have did an unloaded start i'll tell you they can't get good volunteers anymore man this is no. ridiculous <laughs> oh careful careful there uh, starting to sound like steggy uh, boy <laughs> I like that stage. Um, I, I did. I just, I just, those were just a little things like that, that I noticed about that stage. And I was like, man, it just, as a shooter, it sucks, right? When that happens to you, it's, and I get, it's just part of our game, but it just really sucks when it happens. Hey, you just take a deep breath and move on, baby. That's all you can do. It's all you can do. So, I mean, it was just, just part of it, but uh, all right. I found myself waiting for like the beep. So I was like standing and then it like, yeah. <laughs> it blinked blue. And I was like, yeah. oh, shit, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> so I had, to, I had the best exit I've ever had in my life on that stage. Like, I I reacted to that time. Like, it was the beep. Like, it was just, like, the light turned. I was like, boom, and I'm gone. Well, I pushed so hard. I went, like, three extra feet past where I was supposed to go. <laughs> I, so, so, so you were I, supposed to go in on the tux, right? And you yes. went past it? Oh, dude. <laughs> I was like doing like one of these, like a reverse lean in JJ's class. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? So I shot four shots into that fucking target and I only hit two of them. And I, I'm like, oh, black, black, oh, stop. And then I had, and then from that point on, I just started slinging rounds at the steel. And I was just like, damn, that was so awesome. This sucks. Like I felt so good. A great draw, good exit. And then I'm just like, this is shit. You know, I saw, <laughs> and I had already had a terrible match. So I was just like, damn it, dude, this is shit. But I was like, yeah, this that was, was such your, a good exit. This is your facial expression when you uh, ran past that target. Yeah. <laughs> that actually might have been the target looking at me like you dumbass. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that was a fun stage. Actually, that was a good design stage. So did you guys run around the outside or stay in bounds? We ran around the outside. Yeah, yeah. I stayed in actually. I did. I, yeah, I stayed, I, in I stayed on the inside. Yeah, I actually, the reason I, I actually changed I my stage plan. Man. Yeah, I changed my stage plan from the original design so that when I came back around on the inside, I could start shooting sooner. So that's why I changed it. But, uh, and I reloaded going up uh, instead of reloading around or trying to go back around. So, yeah, was, I, I like that I stage. There's a lot of plans. I didn't get the reload in like on the first step. Right. So then it was like, you have to, yeah, like, you had to run backwards. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So I just gave up. And I just yeah. focused on running because I was like, well, yeah. I'm standing here like a ding dong. But I got the reel it in really fast, and right? As I it as you turned entered. around. Yeah. Yeah. 
I yeah. did really good on that stage. I too. saw a lot so. of different stage plans on that. Like, there were. <laughs> and it wasn't even the movement part. It was just the way they would take targets was there was a lot of different ways to shoot that. So a lot of people I saw yeah. ran all the way to the far left first. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because when you ran all the way to the left, you covered the longest distance twice. I saw so that people too. ran to the left the first. Did that. I think even oh, yeah. Justine did it. Like, yeah, dude, uh, a lot yeah. of the best shooters went left like, first. That, that did not. Yeah. So you and Sean went up to the right and then you ran across, right? Yeah, we did Tom's original plan. Fucking guy, and then he because it. on that one was stage fourteen. You were sixth on that stage, and Sean was eighth on that stage. Fast as fuck, boy. So that plan worked. <laughs> so Sean, did you hear Sean? Holy shit, that worked. Right? <laughs> you took a moment out of your He's like, wait, did that actually work? <laughs> no, I, I liked the plan. Like I, when I, but the thing was, when you ran around the right and ran around. Like I did the reload at that time and then I had turned around. So I had, so my first two, two steps, like into the, you know, into the shooting area, I was shooting. Like, I actually liked the way I, I, if I ran that stage again, I would have do, I would have done the same stage plan. So I would do, I would do my stage plan again and just not go past the first position, like 40 (laughs) freaking feet. And it would have been fine. So, cause I, I mean, if I just, that really jacked me up for the rest of that because that was all steel after that tuxedo right so yeah. now i'm in a mm-hmm. rush to get to the tux to the steel and then i just started slinging rounds because i just suck and i couldn't visually get my head out of my ass ever the whole entire match so it, it was what it was but I, I mean it was like all right cool i'm just you did great but you can't do just the exit or the entry that's just like you got a whole lot of left over here to still work on so it just it did it didn't work out but so that stage right there kind of brings me into the next subject that i wanted to get into and i'm not going to go really deep into this because i'm going to do we're going to do a second podcast at another day on on some rule stuff and so i want to talk a little about about competitive equity on a on three stages or actually two stages so stage, this stage right here would be added to that. Actually, originally I was not going to talk about this stage, but now since we talked about the the light not working for some, uh, that's an advantage for somebody who got didn't get interrupted, right? Because of a malfunction of a range malfunction, right? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So you kind of have an advantage there, but I don't think that's really a competitive it's advantage. A little advantage, it, just a little. How, right. How it's many? just more of a distraction for a shooter. One shooter got a distraction and one didn't, right? Yeah. You're, Go ahead, John. Fail a lot. You're making it sound like that stage had a lot of failure. From what I've seen while I was kind of watching, there was quite a few resets on that, that thing. I, I had one personally happen on our squad, right? So if it happened on my squad once and we were on there the last day, I doubt we were the only ones that it happened on. And I do think if I remember correctly, again, this isn't, this isn't a negative thing. I just bringing up something that was talked about. There was a squad and I might've been the super squad that actually had to wait for them to reset that timer. Like they had issues with shooters, multiple shooters to where they had to turn it off, turn it back on to reset it because it lost sync. I know I it's staff know. day, but that's different because it was 15 different people running. Pro day, like, dude, pros, like, as well, a super if squad. <laughs> things like that happen to the super squad, doesn't that kind of make the equity, you know? 
No, because the people that are, it, listen, unless every single person is a professional, it's happening to them. Right. Uh -huh. so a good example is like, let's just say it happens to JJ, but it doesn't it happen to Max Michelle. Right. But what happens sabotage. if, let's just say it happens to JJ, but it doesn't happen to Max Michelle. That's a competitive advantage what to Max Michelle. What happens when you shoot 124 power factor? Well, whatever. Oh, uh, no, don't oh, go there. Geez. So, don't go there. Hey, match ammo, but it's uh, match sponsored ammo, so it's good to go. Gonna get me some uh, of that, baby. So, but even match sponsored ammo, they still chrono it all, right? Yeah, everything's yeah. chrono. No, that's just, how they chroned it. That's yeah. how it's they allowed knew, to it's... be within ten feet per second. Uh, I believe ten feet per second, less than one twenty-five. I just find it interesting. That's the only person that went some, you know, went sub minor on that ammo, though. Well, there's probably more. It's just, you know, we don't. We he's yeah. just the name, right? The so yeah, he's just true. the name. So and I and I and again, he's not making the ammo. So that's kind of a. I I understand why they do it. It just sucks for everyone else that has to pass that. I mean, but if well, you're it would shooting, have sucked pretty bad for him if it wasn't match yeah. ammo. I I would have probably felt bad actually. But if you're if, if you're out. shooting match ammo, you're covered. Like that that's a good thing that they do, but I feel like all manufacturers should have to cover that. Like they should have to get you over 125. There should be no leeway. It should just be a little bit hotter ammo. Right? Like so in other words, instead of it being a 126.9, it should be at 132 for every gun. Like or so that you have that leeway no matter what gun you shoot. Right. I mean, if you or even a 135, that, that power factor should be a little bit higher so that it covers all versions of guns, not just chrono out of one gun. Does that make sense? Okay. Since we're on the subject, yeah. how many how many shooters do you think did not make chrono? Seven. Three. Twenty. Three. Three shooters didn't make it. And I don't know. And Max's was the only one that was certified. Right. It's interesting though that well, that's very interesting how just that though there was all, now I mean obviously there's who knows about the other two right like whether they uh, were yeah, matching or not guys, certified so. right but so you don't know but that's interesting well, that's no, a it, lot of shooters to pass chrono bro <laughs> that's pretty it says well it says on here certified match ammo next to maxes the other right. guys it doesn't so I'm assuming they did not have the well, they had to add that in there real quick. I guarantee you. <laughs> I guarantee you. He was like practice score. Prefer, we need an edit. Yeah. I bet you his next ammo is 160. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to hear this shit ever again. No, nah, I, listen, I, it doesn't. And and honestly, where his chrono was wasn't terrible. If he no, would have a 120 up. or a 115, I would have been like, dude, this is ridiculous. <laughs> hey, yeah, what, I mean, this was, what ammo? Did he use? I don't know. We're not going to talk about it. No, shut, shut up. Okay, it was and it was one twenty four point five, so it wasn't off. That's what I mean. it, it was up. close. It was, it was close. So it is what it is. So what do you it, think the hottest was? Oh, definitely not seventy. No way. So so that gun is no longer in the competition. I need to change guns, and the uh, and the poor yeah. chrono guy just had his arm blown off. Jesus, one seventy. I know one fifty. Uh, I'm gonna say one fifty six. One fifty one. Oh damn. Sean, was it yours like one forty something? Uh no, mine was like one thirty nine. I think you can that's look it up. Close. That's damn close. Jesus. Yeah, but we. Didn't, they almost didn't gave know. you major scoring. <laughs> i don't know if it was the humidity or what but yeah mine jumped because in cali it clocked at 129 
Yeah. So. Yeah, it yeah, changes it for sure. The yeah, pressure in the the airplane. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tom's extra pressure in one, those bullets. Tom got one forty. I was one forty. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to know why? Sure. So no. I've been chronoing my ammo at one hundred forty-seven <laughs> grains. Uh, I'm not 147 grain bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Caldwell is going. It's I a, told you right. It's now. a it's a heavier bullet. So I'm chronoing at 147, and now then I'm just like, and I felt like, man, this thing's really snappy. Like it's kind of feels a little snappier than usual. Well, that that's why. So uh, I just I wasn't weighing my bullet properly, I guess. So it's cool though. I'm, I love I love the brass monkey bullet. So I'm not complaining about that. But I was just should have done more due diligence at the time. Of, you should uh, try 165s. Yeah, I don't know, that's dude. Monkey. I, I don't think he makes 165, but he would. I'm sure he has something like that. But I just, I, I'm good with the 147s. I, I switched those this year, and I like them a lot. So uh, I just need to do a little better job, Chrono. And again, it, dude, I wish Chrono was the. I wish the gun was too hot that it cost me to shoot like shit, because then I have something to blame. But I just sucked. So, uh, all right. So talking about the competitive equity again. I want to talk about two stages that I felt like was, and these aren't really complaints. It's just things that I've been noticing a little bit in our sport where we talk about equality a lot. So stage seven had a high port that you had to shoot over a piece of steel with, uh, and there was a, you, the pumpkin was available, but depending on your height, very much is so. how far you had to go forward. So there was a guy in our squad that was six foot five. Six six. He was tall. He shot it from the start stick, like way in the back. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And That's I was awesome. like, dude, I'm thinking, how the hell are you even see that, bro? First shot crushes it. It just like it was a wide open steel. I'm like, well, I guess he could see it well. Like he crushed it. So then, I I asked uh, about that stage because there was a cement concrete block there. And this, to me, the shooting it from the back wasn't a viable stage plan for me. You know, I, I wasn't going to do that. So I asked about that block because I, you know, I always, I'm always interested in like the competitive equity part. So could someone who was short move that block back to the start stick and jump on it and then shoot that steel and have the same stage plan as that guy that was six foot five? Now we're talking, what's that? I asked because I'm short and I have to use boxes on certain stages. Um, I, I do. I had asked the RO, like, you know, and he said, there is a box we can put up by the window. And I asked, well, I want it in the middle. And he said, no. So, so. I asked the same question and did not get a good, a nice answer back. I, <laughs> I was, cause I asked, I said, and again, this wasn't an argument. I think the problem is, is when you ask questions to certain ROs, they feel like you're arguing or want to argue. And I was like, no, no, I, I don't have a, like really any skin in this game. I just have interest because I have quite a few friends that are short that I was like, well, that guy can't do the same stage plan if I don't get to use the block back here. It didn't make, you know, I, and to me, that's inequality in the sport. So I asked about it and they said, nope, it can only go to that line, like to basically where that wall was. So that means you had to run fuck, 20 yards 
to get yep. to those blocks when someone else could basically shoot it off the draw. Now, I will say shooting it off the draw was a very risky, like shooting it from that far back was a riskier, way harder shot. Okay. So it wasn't, I don't think it was something that everybody would do, but you don't have the option now at all anyway, because you can't move the block back there. So now you've taken away a, the, the equality that I'm supposed to have right in the sport that you told me that's important. <laughs> that's been a big thing since I've been in the sport that it's equality, equality, equality. We want to make sure that everybody can shoot the stage equally and that no one has an advantage. Well, that stage, you had an advantage if you were tall and you couldn't gain your advantage back or, or the, the disadvantage because you couldn't move that block wherever you wanted. The ideal place to shoot that, in my opinion, was about 10 yards back away from that wall. So I could shoot that mm -hmm. target about 10 yards farther back than where that block would be allowed to be. So now that didn't, that didn't, that wasn't that far away from where I shot it, you know, or, or from where the wall was 10 yards is nothing in our sport, at least you couldn't move the blocks past eight feet because they only allowed you to move it eight feet away. So I asked, don't you feel like that's, you know, not, I don't think that's fair in my opinion, because now I don't have the advantage or that I have a huge advantage as a tall person. They wouldn't, they wouldn't allow you to move the block. So I, that, I thought that was a, one of the inequality things that I saw, and this isn't a bang on nationals in general. This is just in the sport in general, right? I just interested in how that's not considered an inequality. The other stage that I felt like there was a huge inequality in was stage number 19, the one with the, um, Cooper what, tunnel, the Cooper tunnel, the non Cooper tunnel, the one that was supposed to be a Cooper tunnel, but ended up being just hard beams. I'll start this conversation off or this, this part of this off saying that I really enjoyed that stage. I sucked, <laughs> but I really <laughs> enjoyed that stage. I liked the challenge of that stage because of exactly what Sean said earlier, you could run up or you could stay back and still get the same results. It was a decision though that you had to make, which what made it fun, right? Like made it, okay, I'm going to run up and shoot the swingers and the activator stuff, or I'm going to stay back here and shoot one, 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 and kind of chase the targets a little bit more, but I'm not running up. I'm just standing here shooting or sit, I guess, kneeling at that point and shooting. So I, that stage, the inequality was how low those ports were, were, I mean, it was bad for anybody that was my height, like to the point where, you're trying to do a crab walk with a gun in your hand <laughs> sideways, unless you're athletic, like, and super athletic. Cause that was a very athletic stage. Yep. We had a guy in our squad actually crawling and Thank you. Still in there crawling. Yeah. No, Todd, I was going to say, do you remember the guy on our stage? The ROs were like almost a little hostile to him. The really, really big dude with the brakes. Yep, that's who I was talking about. Yeah. He couldn't get out of the tunnel. And like he could, he wanted to like unload and show clear, like from because he took everything kneeling from the back, yeah. right? Yep. Right. And, and he, he actually fell off of his knees down on it in there because of it. But yeah. And it, I just couldn't believe how the ROs were like, no, get up, get up. And he's like, I can't. Like, I, it's really hard for me. Like, I need, he basically needed both hands to get right. up. Right. So and I found it interesting that RO couldn't like, unload and show him clear safely from the knees because that's not a rule well so and he, my, he technically could have grounded his own gun and got up too and they couldn't have done anything so say that again he could have grounded his gun 
Right. They set left it, down. it on the ground and got up and they couldn't have done it. As long as it's back in the safe, like, like holster type of position, like safety on if there is one or not. You know, well, I guess there's no safety in carry optics, but yeah. as long as it's in the, the hammer's down, if you shoot in a shadow two, the hammer would have to be down. Whatever the holstered position is, that was what yeah. it would have to be before he set it down. But the problem with that is, you could also say that you lost control of the gun there because technically you're not controlling the gun. I, that's a that's a real, that's a tricky rule in my world. I, I am not letting that gun go no matter what until that guy says holster. <laughs> yeah. I'm not just, I'm not doing it because I wouldn't take that chance. I'd rather lay on the ground <laughs> and figure out a way to get up or whatever I had to do. Um, Cause that's, that's, you know, again, that's, that's tricky. Cause if you mess up one little thing there, that barrel spins or anything, you're DQ'd and all you're trying to do is just get up safely and not shoot. Right. Like the gun. Yep. Uh, it's interesting yeah. though. Yeah. I, it's interesting that stage because we had a guy on our squad, actually the same guy that shot seven, that was six with five that shot it from the back. He shot that down on his knees and shot it through the port. He could barely get up when he was done. Like his knees were jacked, right? Mm -hmm. Like jacked. It's not that I felt like the stage was overly difficult at all. I thought it was a great stage. I just felt like there's a pretty big inequality when you put the, when you make those ports that low, like, or the, the Cooper tunnel beams that low, if those beams were higher, you could have left the port that same height, but you would have given the bigger people a relief to get up and move a little bit more. Does that make sense? For sure. So, but again, how much would that have changed the stage? Probably too much to where it wasn't the same stage. Well, not making it a Cooper tunnel wasn't the same stage. Well, I, well, I, I agree, <laughs> but I don't mind that design of a stage. I like the different stages like that. I don't mind that design. It was just, I just, again, this isn't even a complaint. It's just the, the visuals that I've been seeing lately. Is that competitive? Is there equality in that stage when you're making it to a point where someone can't squat down and shoot it <laughs> they have to get on both knees and basically crawl through it because they're they're, they're too tall or, or whatever you want to say again i get it it's just kind of little things like that that i've been noticing lately is that considered an inequality thing yep and that's i mean going from the match director side that's why when i do the ports in our tier two matches, not necessarily at the level ones, but the tier twos, they're always the straight up and down port. Yeah. On the stage you were talking about before, if they would have had a full vertical one, everybody would have pretty much got the same shot. Right. Right. So I like, so, I mean, that being said, there was another stage that had a low port in it that I felt was great because there was nothing above anybody's head. No. Right. Like you could get up, squat down and then get up freely safely without falling over with your gun in your hand and then shoot six yeah yeah it was the unloaded it was, start. Yeah. stage six yep so again the low port isn't the problem it was really that i think that's one of the reasons they probably didn't do the cooper tunnel because those ports were so low those people were getting penalties for sure like oh, 100 i would 100 percent got a penalty from the cooper yeah. tunnel in that Listen, they didn't put pool noodles six inches thick of pool noodles on that for nothing. <laughs> like, I guarantee you they knew someone's going to destroy their head on this, right? Yep. They were going to crack their head going into that thing too fast. So I just thought that was, uh, again, 
not really a complaint, just kind of a visual thing that I've been noticing lately in, in stages. So again, I, I, we're definitely going to talk more about some inequality stuff because after it, Pan American games and some stuff that I've been like personally involved with, I've been seeing some kind of inequality stuff that I just kind of have some questions about not even, it's not even a complaint. It's just like, what's the definition of equality, right? Like that's, it, they don't seem to line up with what I think they are, but maybe it's just they're the just separating the seniors from everybody else in that kind of low poor situation. Right. But, so that, I mean, that, that in itself is in, well, not even the unequal. seniors, like the guy that was on our squad was the almost seniors, dude. Todd. Oh, I got seven years, asshole. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as, as tall as tall as someone may be, like if they're fit, right, they can get down, right? right. That should yeah. be. Right. It it yeah. shouldn't be like the hard. Like, did you Mills have that much of a problem, tall. Tom? Hold on. Go ahead, Sean. Oh. Yeah, Nils is pretty tall. Right? He can get he can get through something like that. Being, I don't know. I don't really see it being a problem. Like you know, what I mean, if you're older and it's hard on your knees, I get that you're gonna go slower, right? That's that could be on any stage. It could be on a far run or something. Um. So I, I really didn't think the tunnel stage was too bad. I mean, they could have made the walls a little higher, especially if they were going to screw it in and it wasn't a Cooper tunnel, right? It didn't really matter at that point. Right. So I just think you think that because you're short and you yeah. can't stand <laughs> the fact that everybody puts tall ports in. You're like, all right, assholes. Finally, you get a little piece of what I got to deal okay, with. So but it's it not goes fair. First of all, let, wait, wait, wait. It's not fair that you don't even have to squat down to run under it. That's bullshit. <laughs> like that's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so at, at, at one of our local matches, right, we had a Cooper tunnel and it was pretty high. And I remember the stage builder. He literally goes, we've got tall people here. I want to make this, you know, and it was an actual Cooper tunnel. And it was funny because I still got shit for it because they were like, oh, you don't even have to squat. Now you can just run straight through it. <laughs> you turned it into a moving and shooting position. And everyone else is laying on the ground on their belly, crawling underneath. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's like e either way as a short person, I can't win. Right. So it's well, you get screwed. You, I, mean, let me, I mean, look at seven. You got screwed on seven being short. Right. Like, I don't want to say screwed, but it was a disadvantage to be short on that stage right so again it's I, I get it it equals out in many ways it's just it's just kind of one of those things like at what point does it is it not equaling out or is it is there an inequality issue right and it's not even an age thing i i feel like no matter how old you are you should be able to shoot the stages the same you're just not going to be as fast but the fact that you have one guy who now can't run up if he wanted to because he can't get up does that make sense yeah, yeah. Yep. That's where I kind of see the inequality. It's not that they can't shoot what I shoot or squat down. And it's not about like that. It's not even whether they're good or bad or even I did well. It's not that it's about the fact that now I've taken away a stage plan from them. They can't even do what I can do because they can't get up out of there and run to the front. That's what I meant. But that's what I was talking about in that aspect. I guess that I should have clarified that earlier, but that's what I mean. Like, cause now you ran up, didn't you? Or did you stay back? I, I ran up. Okay. So you have a totally different stage plan available to you that no one else does like that. Couldn't I, get up out of that thing. I will say Todd or who everyone that's shot with me on my squad. If you remember that guy that couldn't get up that big, big guy, he yep. ended up having all alphas. You can check. He had all alphas on that stage. Nice. That's yeah, impressive. That's <laughs> like impressive. I thought it was, and he shot yeah. it from the knees in the back. So it, yeah. 
just kind of showed me like some people can shoot at that ability though yeah. from far away. He just doesn't just... have the physical ability to get up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, dude, that's, I mean, that's, what's so awesome about this sport. It's everybody can do this. It doesn't matter. I mean, listen, we have people in our local area that are 68 years old and crushing this thing. They're not, I mean, winning high overalls, but I hope to God, if I'm 68 years old, I'm still running around trying to do this shit. Like this sport is great because of that. It just sucks when it just sucks well, that you have people who can't shoot that stage the same as I can. It might not be the same level, but that's that's everything in this sport, right? You have B-class guys that can't shoot what I do, and, and there's other GMs that I can't do what they do, but we still have the same opportunity to do it, right? Well, so next yeah. year, what they'll do is, as a test, to make it totally competitive, all the equity you want, all the stages are going to be Virginia count 12 rounds. Guess who's not going to nationals next year? <laughs> I mean, Ohio is all... bad enough. Do that. I guess yeah. that's. I guess that is a good way to get to to never have me do a podcast again about nationals. Is just put match, matches on like that, and I'll never go back again. I'm out. I'm not paying yeah. three hundred bucks for that. Well, uh, the thing yeah. is, by the time the matchbook comes out, you already paid. No, I, I can, can cancel. Refund. Yeah, I can cancel. So or just usually, not go. by I, the time. Okay. Usually by the time the matchbook comes out, it's past yeah, the refund period. That's fine. It's okay. I'm not going to go waste my bullets, my thousand bucks to travel. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I won't have to worry about not having any food when I get to the to the award ceremony. So it'll be good. It, it'll be all set. No problem. Tom can't shoot standing still. Yeah, I suck. Dude. <laughs> dude, I actually shot terrible on everything, Tyler. So I can't shoot moving or standing <laughs> still. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. Uh, okay. So let's get into the, let's get into the, after the match stuff. So a couple of different the things, great. a couple of different things happened at the match afterwards that I'm, I'm, I wanted to talk about, and this is not a, um, probably not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> they ran out of food again at nationals again. So this is the second <laughs> nationals I've been to. <laughs> and guess who was the guy that even... walked up on two different nationals was the guy who walked up when they ran out of food that you. would be me so at production nationals they ran Almost out of food purpose i was the guy that got there that had no food this nationals i got there and they had no food now i want to say something in uspsa's defense two things about this this podcast because there's been a lot of negative that i don't usually do but it's not a complaint it's more like hey guys like this is what's going on like this is kind of where the shooters are like this isn't just stuff that i've been thinking of people have been coming up to me and talking about this we talked about a lot of this stuff at the match with the virginia count and, and it just sucked right it was the first time i've been to nationals that i was just like man this one sucks like it's not the stages are not good this year some were great but there was a lot of just mediocre stuff so when i walked up to get food they ran out of the barbecue or whatever it was i'm gonna tell you right now and the complaint was from the staff their staff the people that did the food was that shooters came up and ate double the amount of food not saying that they didn't i wasn't there so i can't say that they did or didn't but i will tell you it was a little disappointing to watch the staff that was working the working the event walking away with full plates of food that were supposed to be for the competitors. 
So I personally saw like five or six people that were working the staff, like people that were working that food were eating the food that we were supposed to eat. So that could be part of why they ran out of food, not just for the competitors. The other thing is, is you have to know that JJ Rakaza is coming to nationals. You need an entire plate of barbecue, rice, whatever you're giving just for him. So the fact that they didn't have enough food twice, I don't understand why we don't do a survey. <laughs> well, I feel like there's an easy solution to this. So when you sign up for the match, you pick your freaking you know, shirt size and all that stuff. It just, there should be a checkbox. Do you plan on coming to the award ceremony? Yes. Do you plan on bringing extra people? If so, how many? And then they can get kind of a head count and an idea of how much food they should probably get, as well, opposed to just guessing how many people are going well, to show up. Well, they knew. That's not the problem, though. It's people it before we, that could be they, part of the problem, but people like were going back for or, seconds. You know. They were going back for oh. seconds before we even got there. Todd, you should be allowed to go get more food <laughs> at the match. You just shot all day long. And unfortunately, just... hold on. Unfortunately, where this match is held, there isn't a damn drop of food around no. it. So you like can't just minutes. run to Subway, McDonald's, Longhorn. There isn't shit around it to I eat. went to a KFC, though. So the main source of food is that party yep. that being said that being said the only other way to do it is for them to give wristbands or hand a ticket in and if you don't have a ticket you don't get to eat twice but you're going to be hungry <laughs> you paid 300 for placement. the event <laughs> right. so so here's another thing because this happens a lot these things are not easy to run this match no. is very difficult to put on. So everybody shits on these people that are running this match. They do a really good job. USPSA is not broken. <laughs> there yeah. are some things that would, that absolutely could be better. And I, I and I'm going to say it, it frustrates me when I hear I everybody know, just, what's that? All right, go ahead. I don't know you. Yeah, yeah. Right so now. it frustrates me when everybody just shits on these guys constantly about how they're doing a bad job. National sucks. This is sucks. The main thing for me is just listen to us. Like, listen to our the things that we as shooters want to see as improvements. The food thing, that's kind of inexcusable. Like, we've done this twice now to shooters. That should well, be did fixed. It. They did it twice last year. Uh, I think they only did it once last year because I went no, to. No, they had to go get McDonald's. They ran out and went and got McDonald's at one what, of them. The one what, what, what nationals was this? Because that's not true. I It's not the one I've ever gone to. That maybe it's it was the, the one, one. It was one after production. The one that was right after production last year. I don't. Maybe a single stack match, but I don't. I don't. I wasn't there for that, so I. I, I can't speak to. That. I haven't heard that one before. So okay. Um, but my my thing is is these matches aren't easy to run. All right, we have. Every profession in this world, almost in this sport, there is members of this sport that do everything. I do construction. Tyler freaking works at a gun store. You're an IT guy. Sean, who knows? He just smokes. Uh, <laughs> you have all these options of people. I actually personally know two chefs that ran giant catering type 
things in their lifetime. Why aren't those people being consulted? They didn't ask for money. They said, if they ask me, I'll help them. I'll, 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 there's, a, there's a system to it. What are we doing? <laughs> right? We have all these members that do these things that all you have to do is reach out. Oh, you forgot right? the really important part too, though, was that they didn't have any trophies. So there was just like placeholder things to take a picture with, and then you'll get them later sometime. <laughs> They've done that before. I know, but it's still like, too. but it's still like, oh, like, okay. So I'm, a, I'm not going to lie, man. Since COVID happened, the trophy ceremonies have gone to shit. Like they don't have them anymore. Um, local match, the local level twos, like stuff around here. We, we usually get a trophy because Manny's um, Manny Bragg is the trophy guy. He basically makes all the trophies for USPSA. He lives here in Florida. So you tend to get your stuff here in Florida. Ooh. We've changed a lot since COVID and I don't know what we're, why we're not going back. Like we're not, we're no longer doing like a family I'll call this a family because man, some of my best friends in this sport in this world have come from this sport that I talk to that barely shoot anymore. Right. They barely shoot anymore because of the cost of everything. But I talk to some of those guys almost every day and we don't get that anymore. Like you don't have this where we all get together and do the award ceremonies anymore. And I don't understand what happened. I get it. COVID changed a lot of things, but it's gone. What are we waiting on? Let's get back to the, the, this is, this is why we don't have a lot of volunteers. <laughs> it's, it's become an individual sport, right? What I will say as a positive after all that is the price table is fucking banging, dude. I agree. There's so much shit at the price table. I was surprised. I agree. How much crap and how many guns they had at yep. the table. I agree. Uh, listen, this is what I was talking about earlier. They do a really good job with like 98% of the stuff. But some of their the things that are suck are big. Like running out of food's kind of a big deal. Two people. I'm the hungry boy. Well, actually, <laughs> I barely ate anything because I didn't want to take food for the 50 people that were standing behind me. It wasn't like I was just a scra this straggler who just walked up and I was like the only guy and I, I was the last person there. There was like 50, 60 people that were standing there waiting to eat. It wasn't a small <laughs> number that hadn't eaten. So hey, we were I took late four chicken we fingers. part of the arbitration committee. So well, that's why we were late. Right. I took four chicken fingers because <laughs> I couldn't, you know, I couldn't eat anything that was there anyway. So I was like, all right, well, this is what I've got. I'm going to just eat this. And then I had to go home and make my food later that night, which again, that's, that's on me, but it's like, dude, you got like, when I walked up and I said, Hey, listen, do you guys have any more food? She goes, no. How many more do you have? And I said, well, right now there's 15 people standing here. She goes, oh, okay. And I go, no, no, you don't understand. There's probably another 50 to 100 people coming. She looked at me like, what? And I was like, yeah, it's coming. And they did like I thought they would because I knew that not everybody had left the range at the same time. So I, I don't know how it worked out. I kind of went away and sat down at the table and that was it. But they do a really good job. Like, Dude, putting on that match, like I had a conversation with somebody not too long ago and they were kind of complaining about some of the other matches that they had gone to. And I said to him, I said, well, just like Nationals is a good example. How much do you think they spent in ice and water? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I would say 2000 bucks on ice and water. Oh, I bet you that's a low number because you got to think about staff day. I mean, you're doing it for what? Three, five days? 
I spent at last year on mine, I spent for three days of shooting probably 600 bucks. That's right. why I just 19 stages. There's probably 20 coolers. Yep. Well, no, there wasn't 20. There was a cooler well, for every think two about stages. coolers in other places that aren't just on those bays that we're standing on. Right. Yeah. They got them in I'm the back saying of at least 2000, 2000 <laughs> okay. minimum. Then the drinks that go in those. Well, that's, I was doing drinks and ice 2000. Right. Okay. So two grand on just that. Right. Yep. That's a lot of money for just that supply. You have to think that this dude, porta potties, they had a porta potty every six inches there. Graffiti right? removal. Right. Because all the people bitching and complaining about porta potties at nationals. Right. So it, it was, you know, then you had to pay extra for the sticker removals so that, you know, there was no DQs or anything. So it's like all those things go into cost of nationals that people forget. So that 350 bucks or 280. Oh, I just got them to raise the price now. Shit. That $300 that we paid for that doesn't go very far. No, it doesn't. So when people bang on them and talk about how what a shitty job they do, I don't see anybody volunteering. You mean like to the last it. fifteen minutes? Yeah. Well, no, not really, <laughs> dude. These are, they, I'm not complaining about them. This is the problem. You can't talk about this stuff anymore without someone going, "Oh man, you're just bitching." Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not bitching. I'm talking about the improvements that can be made. It's not a complaint. Like the match didn't wasn't fucking terrible. There was just things that I thought didn't fit that match. It felt like a low cap match to me. Yeah. Right. It Agreed. felt like a low cap match to me. There were stages. We, the major, I think I reloaded on three, maybe four stages out of 19 that weren't mandatory reloads. <laughs> I thought the uh, production stages last year were a little more complicated. I, I agree. This, like I said, this is the first nationals that I've been to that I was disappointed in the, the stages. Right. Again, that's maybe that's just my personal flavor. Maybe I just didn't like maybe some people love the Virginia count shit and think it's awesome and it should be in every match. Sean I, loves I, it. I, I personally don't like it. I personally don't like it. I like I do like it. I don't mind it. I do think they had a, a lot, but you know, maybe four was too many. Maybe three would have been okay, one per day, but I didn't mind it. So so here's my this is kind of what I've learned about nationals. This is what I was taught at about nationals for a long time ago, four years ago, when I started before I even knew what nationals was, I was told nationals is supposed to challenge all of your skills. Do you feel like all of your skills were challenged at this match? Yes. Yeah, I do. Tyler. I don't feel like all of them were tested. Do you have any Todd? What do you think? I don't, for me, everything was tested, but that's, I'm at a different level than you guys. Right. So. Right. So for me, I didn't feel like there was, there was too much Virginia count. There wasn't enough. I mean, there was almost no moving and shooting stages. Almost. There was just little was, glimpses of shooting right, and moving, which is okay. I, that's I'm okay with that. Like that's good, but there wasn't. Lots of like, stop and like, shoot, not flowing. Which like, is like our favorite shit, but right. But again, it's it, it, I don't want it to be about my flavor because I kind of at this point like everything. Like I, I even liked some of the Virginia stuff. It was just four stages of Virginia count. 
the, you know, it, it just, it got to a point where I was like, why are we doing this? Like how many more times do we have to do this shit? Uh, that, that was it. There was a lot of one hit, one bullet, one shot stuff this match this year as well. Right. Where you're shooting one shot into the target. I thought that was interesting. We don't usually do that a lot. Uh, it's it just interesting. It was just an interesting, and I, I would really love to have heard like, what was the thought process? Right. Like what, what, what was the goal on the match? Was it just to throw stages out there or was there like a thought process of cool? We're going to, we're going to push this hard and kind of challenge them in this direction. Or I guess you don't really get that after the match, right? You just shoot it and then make your opinion about it. What was your favorite zone, Sean? One, two, or three? Definitely three, the upper level. It was the big stages. I mean, they were the most fun. I'm not going to say, look, I, each zone had its own flavor, right? right. But, you know, I, that's what I mean. I didn't mind the Virginia count. There was there was too many, but I, I feel like each zone kind of had its own flavor. You know, the steel, the all steel stage was was in zone one or two. Like you know, they had some big field courses out there, but yeah, uh, definitely you know the upper level that was the most fun. Yeah, and you think the most. Todd, what'd you think? Uh, two. You like two? They Did had you more just shoot that better. Course. I don't know if I shot it better. I'd have to look, but it had more of the field courses that I liked there. Okay. Because Sorry. you had the finger, you had the double swinger where I had the restart. You had that one where you're starting on the sticks with the pumpkin popper. Those are your more, I like the bigger stages and that's what I need to work on is the smaller ones. But yeah, I like right. the bigger ones. Tyler. Uh, I like to see the best and I felt like, the match would have probably been even better if they just left out all the stages from A. You didn't like the tops. That like B and C. B and C was cool. The whole, yeah. all the stages on A, except for the steel stage, were just kind of like, just whatever to me, dude. They're yeah. just like regular local stages. They were also the agree. lowest point stages of the match. Yep. That yep. first zone and was super was, low in points, which means you didn't had shoot nothing much. to do with. Yeah, I mean, it didn't. Yeah. It just none of them were mentally challenging or anything. Like it was just right. like, yeah. So. I would agree with A was my least favorite for sure. Yeah. So I'm uh now that Todd, now that you kind of talked up zone two, I, that was a good zone. Like that I was, sucked. Like that was probably my worst day. <laughs> but they <laughs> were really good stages. They had. Yeah. They probably had. The and their smallest stages were the best in the match. That was mm -hmm. the one with the par time. Yep. Uh, and the the one with the starting in the left and you shot the steel however you wanted to like where you kind of yeah. went around. Run backwards. They had the yeah. best. Yeah, I think that one had the most interesting smaller stages as well. There was only two. I, I think there was only two small stages on that one, wasn't there? I think the par time ones. Wait, stage nine and yeah, those were jammed. Stage nine and stage eight, eight and nine together. were in one bay. So yeah. yeah. So everything else was big field courses. Yeah. So and that I was, like them both. So. Yeah. That was a really good. Um, I thought that was a good zone. That was really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, you know, now I'm, uh, I start now. I think zone two was my favorite, my favorite you zone. Stage design now, no, no, no. <laughs> I think stage two was my favorite. I just sucked at it. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I was like, man, I hated those. And I was like, actually, those stages were really good. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think stage two was stage two and three were, were, are toss ups for me, honestly, at the end of the day, because I'm going to tell you right now, I can almost guarantee you Shannon built zone three. <laughs>
just because he puts the challenge to you. Like he does a really good job. Listen, I think Jake does a good job with stages. I just think this year was the first year that I don't, I don't know. I don't know who built them. Uh, I know. I don't know who designed them, but I just think they've had better mashes, but you you can't hit them all out of the park, I guess, you know, no, you can't. But zone, yeah, I think definitely, actually, now I'm going to say, screw it. Zone two definitely is better because now I'm looking that stage 17 in zone three was junk. That was that, that, that I hated that stage. Just I, I felt, enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. okay. Good for you. And I can grab, walk and shoot all day, son. Yeah. And it had the four reload four on it. And I'm okay with that stage. Actually, I'm, I'm 100% okay with that type of uh, uh, Virginia count. Like, okay, cool. One, that's the one that you give me, right? Not four of those. Like, cause that's basically like the one with the stomp pad that Sean said in zone one or zone A or whatever it was, junk. Stupid. <laughs> It's like they just <laughs> threw it. In. If it like they just threw it in there, totally actually, bad. I like that better than I liked the four four reload four four. Why? I like because that one better. Better at that. it because you did better at it. I don't know. I'm not looking at my scores. I'm looking at my I, lights. I just hope they make both a classifier because I definitely GM ran them. So what? Oh, you which can't make what's a classifier. You can't make the stuff one. I know it won't be, but like clearly hundo that shit and then the four four reload four four hundo that shit i mean so make them classifiers i don't care you cheated virginia counts bullshit i i gamed it bro um so dude in the activator box was a part of the shooting area yes. I, didn't, yeah. I didn't like that house like yeah get a little more challenging because i literally just put my started shooting put my foot on it and got it and went yeah well, and it wasn't touching the box. It was like it not the shooting area. They just said it yeah. was. They had to declare. It. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I gotta, I gotta tell you. I think I learned I so think... much at this oh. nationals. Go ahead, oh, Sean. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. What were we saying? No, I. No, go ahead. I was, I was curious what you were gonna say because no, this I is learned, my first. Yeah. I, I learned so much from this national. So I actually made a video after nationals about that stage we were just talking about. So that stage is a sucker stage. Oh. And I, I thought that was, that's something that I've never heard said. And uh, Mike Seeklander made a video cause he does quite a bit of free stuff on Instagram and he made a video and he actually talked about that stage. And I was like, shit like why didn't i think about that that stage was worth 35 points and i treated it like it was worth a thousand <laughs> uh i shot it like i needed to just burn it down i should have done exactly what he did or and just thought differently so it changed the way i shoot those type of stages i should have just activated shot the center shot the left shot the right I actually made the mistake of trigger prepping to get to the, to the max trap and I ended up putting three shots into the left target because I pulled as I was prepping to get to the next one. So that gave me three hits in a Virginia count stage and gave me an extra hit, extra shot. So that stage became, I think I got seven points on that stage, <laughs> right? So it's like, you're shooting against the best shooters in the world and you just drop 20 something points over some stupid shit, right? Like a stage that even if I would have won it, I would have went on by what a point I would have had maybe gained mm -hmm. two points on that stage. Wow. That was worth taking that extra aggressive trigger prep, right? Yeah, it was stupid. That, one. that was 
That was a survivor stage. Yeah. Uh, so again, when he said that, that really was like, wow, that makes sense. But until you hear it out loud, sometimes it, it's, you don't, you don't realize it. Right. And it's just like, damn it. Like you got to use your brain, dude. You're not thinking when you're supposed to. One more thing about this that I learned that was big, big shout out to Sean Griffith. We're on a state, the part-time stage, and we're talking about how we're going to shoot it, right? Because it was super easy to shoot. It was, but like the mentality, how are we going to shoot it? He looks at me and he goes, dude, this stage is all about hits. Time doesn't matter. And I looked at him. I'm like, shit, that makes so much sense. <laughs> the time was set. It didn't matter how fast you went you're going to run out of time or you're going to finish it. Right. So you had to kind of set a pace on how fast you wanted to shoot that. So by him saying that, I was like, well, I don't care how fast I shoot. I'm just going to shoot my sights and not even think about speed on this stage. And he laughed because when I was done, I ended up with a, I think a Charlie or one, I think I had all alphas and a Charlie or Delta or something. I don't know. Todd right now is going to look it up to tell me that I'm an idiot. And I had more than one chart, one Delta or one Charlie, but what stage number was it? None of your business. It was all alphas, and I'm gonna leave it on that because this that was is stage my nine. <laughs> that was stage no. nine, I think. Yeah. What did I have? Stage nine, you had nine alphas, two Charlies, and a Delta. Okay. So the Delta was on the back right target, and all my Charlies were on the right. So he said to me, he goes, Bro, you shot the left side like super slow. And then when I went to the right, I was like, <laughs> down the right hand side for no reason. And I was like, well, I wasn't worried about time. But then I realized I might have to go faster because I'm not worrying about time. But it really took the pressure off of me on that stage because then I just thought about shooting. Right. I didn't have Wish to. Wish I was there for that conversation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, we were on the good squad. Todd wasn't on my squad. So we were on the good squad. Oh. <laughs> i was like time 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 and i right. fucking three penalty yeah. no penalty mics it was Dude, all I, I watched i i talked to people that never moved their foot because you had to start one foot in one oh, foot out Aaron shot with his foot down though yeah yeah and he shot the first three targets with his foot down did they give him a procedural on each one or just one procedural? i'm looking that up right now as i said that because i think that clear advantage if you're completely one. out of bounds it's a it's a procedural per but if you're one foot in one foot out i think it's just a one but if shot it's a fixed time no, i'm just kidding dude could 10 be. point fucking three eight six man don't be sour that you don't know the rules every rule perfectly tyler we should know <laughs> he only got one procedural and remember sean when he was arguing it and you and i were looking at each other going no no you did it <laughs> Dude, he's got that Insta 360. You can see the 360 view around that foot being out. Of <laughs> I mean, Sean and I are standing there watching it because we're one of us is going to be the delegate and one of us is the oh, video guy. Awesome. And Sean's in there hitting me, going, "Look, look!" <laughs> Sean, Sean's walking up to the RO. Dude, he had his foot out of bounds. Get him! Get him! <laughs> I don't want to. I'm delegating, or I'm giving the information right now. He absolutely was cheating. <laughs> yeah, he had. He, he only have, gave him one procedural. But I had filmed uh, Aaron like the whole match, right? I was like his filmer. I felt like yes, you were. With <laughs> you were a stick guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm filming you, and you're asking what you did. I'm like, dude, just go watch the video. It's bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
That's awesome. So, I mean, I, that, that I learned a lot at this match. Um, I learned a lot more. Actually, I'm glad that we talked about this because I want to talk about a couple of people that were really big for me at the end of this match. I, obviously, I was very frustrated with myself. It was no one else's fault. It was my own. I traveled every weekend for almost two months before this. I went to Area 4, Area 5, sorry, Area 5, Area 8, Georgia, which was the weekend before, all travel, and then went to Nationals. And, and then I was being a jerk. Well, you're fine. I, I was exhausted, <laughs> like absolutely exhausted when I got there. I had a really bad week before I got there, like really bad, like with my other job and I had some gun issues. Actually, the day I was leaving, <laughs> I had some gun issues that I had to fix. So all on me. So I shoot this match and I, I walk out of this match and I'm just super frustrated. I go to the award ceremony and we're all kind of, everybody just walk around and talking. And I was talking to Isaac Lockwood and we're having a conversation and I've talked to him last year at last year's carry optics, super amazing human being. Love that guy. Super great. So we're all sitting there talking about our experiences, our match. And, you know, I'm listening to them because I had nothing great to talk about. <laughs> so they're talking about their match and everything. And uh, Phil Strader walks up and I don't know Strader at all. Like I've, I've seen him, but I've never really talked to him. Right. And I'm pretty aggressive with, with questions. Like I'll ask anybody, anything. I don't care. I'm, I'm down with like, I think that's how you learn in this sport. I, I, if someone comes up to me that I don't know and asks me a question, I'm going to answer it. Like if somebody asks me some advice about shooting, whatever it is, I'm going to answer that question. So I asked him like, man, like, dude, how do you like, how do you gain the experience you need? Cause we, as we're having this conversation, he asked me like, how did you do? Like, I don't know how that conversation, he didn't just like randomly come up. We were having that conversation and he goes, and actually Mason Lane walked up as well. And we were all kind of talking and he says, well, where'd you place? And I go 30th. He goes, your shooting's not the problem. He goes, if you place 30th at this match, your shooting isn't the problem. I was like, okay. So what's the problem? He goes, you need experience shooting big matches like this. And this year I've never had as much experience as I've had this year. I've shot the best I've ever shot this year because of the experiences that I've been going through with going to area matches and traveling and doing all this. I just did too much of it before this big match. So having that conversation, I was like, that clicks. Then I sat down and later on, I talked to Mason Lane. Amazing conversation. Like just so much just clicked in that conversation. And again, you're talking about a guy that when I started was where I'm at trying to get to that GM level. I remember reading something about him when he was shooting production and how he was struggling to get to the next level. And he was right on that edge of GM. Even at the time he was, dude, he was getting closer and closer to winning a nationals, but he wasn't even a GM at the time. If I remember correctly, he was still trying to get the G card, but he was trying, right? So he mentioned a couple of things that were just huge for me, but then I sat down before we even went in to go eat might be why they ran out of food. I sat outside for probably close to 45 minutes to, and talked to Wansit Kim and his wife. And that was just such an enlightening conversation. Like we talked about shooting. I mean, dude, that was just an amazing conversation. And I learned so much about match prep from him, like how to get ready for nationals. And 
he did not shoot a great match in his opinion, right? Of course he was in the top. I, I think he was just a little bit below me. And I asked him like, man, what, did, how do you feel about your match? He goes, I didn't prepare for this match. He goes, I didn't do my normal. This is the first year he changed anything from previous years. It's just, it's interesting because those guys were willing to give me information and they didn't have to. So, you know, I just really appreciated having that conversation with those guys. Uh, I, I've had something similar like this with JJ Rakaza before, where I went up and I asked him a question after last year's nationals. And I asked him some stuff this year. And it's, it's just, it's nice to know that you can go up to those guys and learn something from everyone. Doesn't matter what level, but the fact that they gave me that information was pretty, pretty fucking awesome. And I, I just big shout out to those guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I definitely took it to heart. It was some really, again, it's all mental. Like Sean, you asked earlier about the mental shit. It, there wasn't a single thing that those guys told me about how to hold the gun, <laughs> how to shoot, how to pull the trigger. None of that was there. Right. Cause obviously I know how to do that, but it was the conversation about how to manage, right? Like the match was pretty kick-ass and it wasn't even just, there wasn't a whole lot of detail. It was just like, keep going. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you sucked at this match, but you don't suck as a shooter. Right. Cause it, this match was very discouraging for me. I mean, dude, I busted my ass this year to get ready for this match. And I dropped the ball <laughs> to travel, to bust my ass, to, to place in the top three, top four in every area match I went to this year. Shit. I shot, I got second and open this year in area six. And then I go to this match and I completely shit the bed. It's pretty frustrating. Not going to lie. It, it was pretty fucking frustrating and I'm still frustrated about it. But again, I didn't practice for almost two months because of all the travel. I had no time to go to the range and just practice. That kind of shows me where my real prep should be. If it's not an area. How long have you been year, shooting? Four years. October is four years. Tom, honestly, how can you even be upset when out of all of us, you've been shooting the least amount and you've progressed the, I mean, obviously it's not your shooting ability, right? You're up there with the top shooters. It seems to be a mental thing. I mean, it's yeah. if four years of shooting and you're already up there. I mean, that to me, that's impressive. That's well, where I, I just, it just pisses me off, dude, because I put a lot into this. So when the moment shows up, like I, I love that moment, right? Like I'm that guy that's like, give me the ball coach. I got it. Um, we're going to, we're going to score a touchdown 99 yard run right here, baby. I don't care. Like hand me the ball. And then when that moment came this year, I, I dropped the ball. I, I know it's mental. And I know that I put too much on myself at this match before I got there, but it's still, I, dude, I practice tired on purpose. Like there's times when I will, I will work all day. And then I go to the range, absolutely exhausted and still work and try to shoot so that when I'm weak and tired and I mental focus is just shit. It helps me dial it back in. Does that make sense? So that when I'm tired after 2019 stages, I don't walk up and go, man, this is the first time I've ever shot tired. <laughs> you know? And this is just my observation. So you're shooting good at all the area matches. And then Georgia happens where you, I think it was a little bit of the same. It was a mental, it was your, you were tired. And then that just carried you straight into nationals coming off of a not, 
not great in your mind match at Georgia and then coming here. So. Yeah, I just, I'm going to tell you, I have been practicing again. Like today was the first time I, I've been doing lessons every day this week. I've had my regular work, but I have lessons all week long, every day, all week until nationals, until I basically go to open nets. So I practiced when they're reloading and I don't have anything to have a conversation about with training. I go and practice while they're reloading. It's everything to me. It's everything to my shooting. I didn't realize how much or how important that practice was to me because it's where I fix everything. It's where I dial everything back together. And I went two months (laughs) of not fixing anything. All I did was shoot the way I'm supposed to shoot. The problem with that is no matter how good you are, when shit starts falling off, you don't fix it. It just keeps falling off. So I'm noticing in especially carry optics nationals is where I really noticed it. Not one single stage. Did I focus <laughs> before I shot? That's one. I never once, I don't remember ever walking away from the stage and dry firing the stage in my mind with my eyes closed, like memorization. I never once, I never once remember shooting a stage and going, hell yeah, there I am. (laughs) Not once, not once. And I remember entering targets and going, I have no idea what I got. (laughs) I haven't done that in a year and a half. Say that again, Tyler. You didn't pick your spot, so you like no, show up and like, no. where the fuck am I supposed nope. to shoot now? I picked my spot. This is the craziest shit in the world, okay? And this is how mm. no practice has crushed me. I picked a spot. I'm staring at the spot, but I wasn't thinking about my footwork. All I was thinking about was run in and shoot as fast as I can. Like, get on the target and start pulling the trigger. Instead of, you know how I am. I shoot moving in, but instead of like doing my shooting, like I normally do, I just charged in and just braked, <laughs> you know, one of our complaints about all the stages was that it was go to one point, shoot a bunch of things, then run and shoot a bunch of things. There was no flow. So maybe you just kind of told yourself no. to no. shoot this way and then it fucked you up. No. So I don't know if we had this conversation before, in, in at Georgia, this happens every year at nationals. Nationals is never built like any of the other matches that we've shoot. They're always run, stop, and shoot stages. Almost always, right? Almost always. There's a little blended in movement stuff, but it's almost always stop and shoot, right? And that's okay. There, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just the way it's built. So I go into nationals now knowing. You're, you're, you're good. You got it. <laughs> Tyler, by the way, if anybody's wondering what Tyler's doing, he had some food on his face because he's no, it was white stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having fun tonight. So uh, when you run in, when you have stages like that, I'm prepared for them now. That's what I mean. Like that, when you said something earlier about how I don't like to stand and shoot, that's not my favorite shooting, but I've learned how to do it because you have to. Area matches like area five and area eight. Oh my God. You were stopping. 
like you were stopping on a lot of things. So, and you just squeezed in where you could the movement. Right. So again, it's you, my style has changed a lot. I've learned to shoot that style of shooting, but if you don't visualize and you're not picking that spot and then you're not holding the gun there makes a big difference, right? It, it doesn't matter how much you see if you can't put the damn gun there. We can't so, all have a 0.6 draw like Lockwood. Well, I mean, listen, that guy should not have won that because he didn't call the headshot. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying he didn't call the headshot. I'm calling him out right now. Bro, that was amazing. That like, not, an not only was that run crazy, but that dude racked up like three or four runs very close to that. Maybe more. Like, so he won a bunch of money. I'm pretty sure it was all his. Like he put in three grand. I talked to him about that. I talked to him about that. And I was like, I gave him shit. I was like, you know, you don't call that. That headshot's bullshit. That's like calling the three-pointer and you hit the backboard. You didn't call it. It doesn't count. Like take that shit off the board. But yeah, dude, that guy's office. awesome. Yep. What's that? They just said all alphas and it say they had right. to be. Dude, did you Again, see the video of him shoot it? <laughs> did you see the video of him shoot it? Oh, so yeah. he shoots it. And the first thing out of his mouth, he goes, the headshot, it counts. And like, everyone's like, that's bullshit. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was pretty amazing. That um, what'd you guys think of the vendor area? would like to see a little more i thought there would be more for my first nats honestly but i like the and vendors so was, that were all there i yeah. mean there was what one two three four five six seven eight vendors maybe yeah yeah i think there was yeah, you had mark was seven four, you had i think there was four on the left and four on the right yeah. not including brian so there might have been a little bit more because of brian brian's got a whole like yeah. uh tent world thing over there that he's got going on i love because you had mark seven Premier, you had Henning, the, the Green Gun people. I forget who they were. Todd, speaking of Brian, I want to yeah. emulate that sitting area that he has for our sponsored area at um, South Carolina Sectional. Well, I want to be do that. I, what's that? No, no. Yep. I want to have something set up for the shooters to hang out in the sponsorship area under shade. So they could just sit down and hang out and then go talk to sponsors, go sit down and kind of have like a little, like he does underneath his truck. Yeah. But for our own area. So sorry guys, this we're, we're going to be doing something really big at South Carolina this year. So we're going to talk about that later. Um, probably before we leave, cause Todd's dying to talk about South Carolina. I know he is. He doesn't care about nationals anymore. No. Um, so what was your so, favorite? Go, go ahead. ahead. No, no you go, go ahead. ahead. You're staying on the vendor thing. So stay. Go. Right, I am. Good. I want to stay on the vendor thing. Little improvement for the vendor area that I'd like to see for next year. Cause I really like that this year's nationals had a much more participation, had a lot more participation from vendors. So again, this is carry optics. It's the biggest match of the year. So, you know, I would hope that you would see more vendors, you know, bigger vendors and all that kind of stuff. One thing that I would like to see next year, or even this one that's coming up here at, at the open nets, I would love to see the vendors closer together. So instead of having them jammed up against the berms, bring them closer so that you force the shooters to stay. They have to go to all the vendors. Like I'm thinking of if I was a sponsor, 
I want more foot traffic. So bring those sponsors and bring them closer. There should be no more than 16 feet apart from those vendors. You can keep them stacked sideways. But, I mean, you can do whatever you want, obviously, but it would be really nice to see those vendors closer together. So you're basically walking down a row and then walking out of that row. Does that make sense? So then you're, you're going to get, cause I will tell you, and I hate to say this, but I didn't go see all the vendors because I didn't have to, <laughs> right? I didn't have to. If you put them closer together, I'm going to go down sponsor row and I'm going to go look at all of the sponsor stuff. I'm going to go all the way up the right side and then come all the way out the left-hand side. But I didn't have to this year because everything was so far apart. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm not going to go over there. I don't, there's nothing over there for me to see. Right. So that was, to me, that's kind of one of the things I'd like to see an improvement on for the sponsors. I mean, that doesn't even, not even matter to me as a shooter, but as a, someone who's starting to deal with sponsors and who hopes eventually to start sponsoring more matches as the Tom Castro shooting Academy, I would like to see that just a little bit tighter. Just, that's just my opinion. Obviously it could work, couldn't work, but we're going to try that out. So, um, I just, I think it's important to get those eyes in front of the sponsors. Um, I'll ask you a question about sponsor row. I'm, I'm very interested. How many of you guys did that? The, uh, the shooting part. Tyler, you did it. Todd, did you do it? Nope. Why not? I put money in, but I didn't do it. What do you mean you put money in? You could for the raffle and the prizes and stuff. Oh, okay. 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 So, but you didn't try to shoot it. Nope. Gotcha. Right. Sean, did you do it? Yeah, I totally, I didn't do it because I, after I saw Lockwood there, I was like, this, this is, I'm not going to do this one. So, but the Beretta, the Beretta one, it was silly. Why wouldn't you do it? That one was free and you got two tries and the best, um, you know, the, the best time had one a Beretta. Like, right. so, yeah, I don't know. Todd, why didn't you do the Beretta one? Honestly, I didn't even think about it. I'm, I'm with honestly i'm not kidding i'm with todd on this one i didn't even realize that was a thing i just thought they were over there testing the gun i didn't even realize that was a challenge neither did i until yeah. you just said that i'm like there was a prize with that one yeah yeah i i went around to every booth kind of talking to everyone because yeah. i mean we had the time we had the downtime and it was well, all yeah. in that we, because we ended our match in the vendor area so yeah Oh, that's a big advantage for the, you guys to have the more time to sit there and kind of walk around and you had to waste basically time, right? Just kind of yeah, looking what, around. How do you it. think we got on the arbitration committee? Right. That's true. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I don't want to get off the subject because I, I, I want to go to that and just kind of explain what you guys had to go through. You guys can explain. So, all right. One thing about the vendor area, and I've been talking about this a lot, a lot, a lot lately. When I talked about Having the products on site, I talk about this with SIG constantly, like, because they're one of the biggest, most supportive sponsors of our sport. I personally would not have bought a product unless I had my hand on it. Okay. So I went to nationals this year, not buying anything, didn't bring cash, <laughs> didn't want to buy a damn thing, didn't have anything on my list. Henning. You sons of bitches. <laughs> yeah, there. Later. <laughs> yeah, they were there. I got to meet the owner, Isaac Lockwood support uh, shoots with them and, and uses their gear. And I, I talked to him about it 
and I have seen it online. They're, I already use their base pads. So I wanted to look at their mag pouch and their holster. Their, uh, not the holster, but the, uh, the hanger. The hanger, T-1000. That's what I read. God, the fact that you know that name tells me you're going to be buying some. So no. <laughs> I'm not in. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's the best hanger out there. So I would not buy that without having it in my hand because of the price of those. All right. Now, I want to clarify, I am not sponsored. I should be since Please I bought see. them. Right. I paid for them now, so I should be sponsored. <laughs> Actually, I am self-sponsored at this point, so I, I guess I am sponsoring my, <laughs> my own self right now. Um, I bought the Henning base or uh, mag pouches and the holster, the, the hanger. Sorry, I keep messing that up. I'm not going to lie. They're worth every penny. They're not cheap, but quality comes with a cost. Those things are freaking awesome. Like they're so awesome that I changed them on day two. I shot, put them on and shot them on day three. That's how damn good they are. That's kind of dumb normally, right? Because you're not supposed to change your gear, but I was so frustrated with my mag pouches that I was already using that I bought them and switched them immediately. Sorry, Tom. Yeah. I was so looking at you and Aaron like you were no, crazy. I'm like, yeah. why are you doing this during yeah. nationals? And I'm not going to lie. I suck. I sucked at that match. The stage that had four, four. Okay. I almost messed that up again. Four reload. No, just kidding. Four, four reload. Four, four. Tom said one, two, three, four reload. I knew I did that early. I had the greatest damn reload of my life. <laughs> <laughs> on that mag pouch i did two reloads as fast as ever. some people shot it with one reload so i finished and of course i'm not happy i look at the ro he goes dude you had the fastest two reloads that we've had yet and i looked at him and i said i'm not gonna lie I'm really pissed off because I walked this stage. Like I went to the dry fire area in the safe table and ran that stage a million times before. I mean, I practiced the reloads and going four, four, that'll kind of tell you where I was mentally. And I still screwed it up, but I'm not lying that I had the greatest reload I've ever had in my life. I don't remember putting the second magazine in my gun. I don't remember touching it. I don't remember pull like it. Those mag pouches are amazing. They just, the mags, the, I can't believe they stay on. Like that's how easy they are to pull off. <laughs> well, th except for Lockwood's post. Oh, I that laughed was so, so good, dude. That I was laughed so good. That hard. is a, yeah, that is a flaw with those. I will say that you can, like if you angle and like you whip your elbow back and you have them yeah. too high, you can knock them off. But I'm going to actually talk to him, hopefully um, hitting about, they're like a little improvement on those since I've been using them. I think if he makes the V a little bit deeper, it'll make the mag sit in there just a little bit. So you can't just elbow it out. It dude, that design. I can't express to you how amazing the adjustments are on those. Like I'm talking micrometers that they are so ingenious idea. They're not That's cheap. Yeah. They're not cheap, but I, I dude, I changed them in the middle of nationals. <laughs> That's the, how, the hanger oh, so his, good i was gonna say his hanger i run his hanger i, I yeah. run his stuff 
but it, his hanger is the only hanger with that much adjustability. Yeah. I mean, well, you can get it to anywhere you want. Yeah. The problem is, you, is yours was illegal. So you need to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was able, I mean, I was able to fix it quick. <laughs> and, and let me tell you something, dude, I'm glad you brought, I didn't realize that that was what you were using. I'm not going to lie to you. You could not do that with a boss hanger or another type of hanger. You can't make those many adjustments. You would have had to have really adjusted that or changed the hanger completely most of the time. So, I mean, how many people yeah. will ask, but I did get a lot of questions on the thing because I'm running the ghost right. holster and yep. you can't, I had to make this custom part, right? There's no way to run the ghost holster with Henning's hanger. I got you. So, so you know why I bought, I, so I didn't buy the holster right away or that the hanger, you know why I ended up buying the hanger? Because I could take the holster off. <laughs> no, listen, I've been yeah. traveling a lot, like a lot, a lot. And I plan on cranking up the area matches and nationals next year. Like pretty much my entire season will be all area matches. I, I might not make them all, but my goal is to go to every area match this year and, and nationals period. I don't plan on going to any local level twos, like my local state match, not a fan of the match. So I probably won't be going to my Florida state match this year. Um, I probably won't be going to the Florida open this year because of how much they charge. It's way overpriced. Um, I'm going to put my money into the big matches next year for sure. The, I think one of the only majors that I guarantee you I'm going to, that isn't an area match is the South Carolina sectional for two reasons. One, we're all friends. I guess more than two reasons. It's a effing great match. It's one of my favorite matches. Last year's match was really good, except for stage one. Todd made a really shitty stage where you <laughs> ran with a gun, a, a magazine on your uh, magnet. magnet and it fell off. It's not my fault that he built that stupid stage and my magnet <laughs> fell off. <laughs> well, it's not. You should have held on to it. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Todd. Um, so, but that, I mean, it was a, it was a, one of the best matches I've ever shot. It was a lot, like not even my shooting, but it was fun. It was really good stage and staff reset half day. See, Todd, I'm giving you a free plug and it's just natural. I'm not doing it because you're in charge of it. Uh, it was a really good match. And this year I'm actually going to be doing some sponsorship stuff there some free coaching. Um, I'm in charge myself and uh, Matt Hopkins are going to be in charge of the sponsorship area. We're bringing in as many sponsors as I can possibly find. We're going to have a dry fire area. We're going to have, we're going to try to bring, um, Oh man. Why can't I think a uh, Leif with uh, G GX products? We're going to bring him in. We're going to try to do the same. We, I don't know if we're going to do the bill drill, uh, that they did at nationals. We might do a different drill. Um, I think, you know, Matt Hopkins and, and all of us were on a, uh, a group call the other day about stages and actually Matt, I think it was Matt's idea about doing different, doing that all around the country if possible and doing different drills. So it's not all like Isaac doesn't get to shoot headshots and cheat and <laughs> win the money. You got to do everything. You got to be able to draw, shoot, maybe do some reload stuff, you know, uh, two aces or might have been my idea. What, what is it? Oh, okay. Tyler, been my idea. Good, good or call. Four Actually, aces yeah, I think, or the accelerator. I think you said like it. Yeah. You said it, and Matt said it would be awesome if they just traveled around doing different ones. I think that was that's where I'm making that mistake. So, but uh, that's the kind of thing like that we're going to try to do. I'm going to have a full stage set up in um, one of the bays, and that's where I'm going to do my coaching. So basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the shooters come in. 
run it their way and then give some some tips and things have them run it again we're going to try to do something where if the sp- I, I try not to talk about this too much until we get the sponsors locked in <laughs> but we're, i'm going to try to do a poker run which i believe is tyler's idea as well where basically you're going to get a card and you're going to go to each vendor and get a stamp or a hole punch put in probably a hole punch it's a lot hell of a lot easier but a hole punch in each card you're going to bring that card in, you're going to turn it in, and that's going to give you a chance at winning prizes as in from those vendors. Um, and it's going to be a random drawing or whatever. So super excited. I can't wait to participate in this match. Um, it's kind of funny because I don't even care about shooting it anymore. I'm more excited about what <laughs> we're doing on the side shit than I am of the actual match. So uh, I- I'm pretty excited about that. And it'll be cool. I'm, I'm excited. Like we got a lot of great people involved um so we'll see it looks like we're gonna have some pretty big names coming in and uh we'll see where it goes but yeah i'm excited about it so now that i got on a rant about south carolina sectional i'm uh, you know sean you gonna try to come to that match i might try and come it's in march right yeah march think, 23rd yeah. to the 26th so what were those dates again 23rd march 23rd to the 26th 2023 Yes, sir. All right. You got to remember this, this, this podcast is timeless, bro. They could listen to this oh, yeah, for two right. years and not know that the match is over. And they could try to come to it in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This might be the last time I ever volunteer to run a sponsorship area because this might, hey, this might kill me. <laughs> you're the one that sold me on the idea. So no, dude, I'm excited. Listen, and I think I've said this before. I don't know if I've said this publicly, but I believe in leading by example. And not just bitching and complaining about everybody else's match. Do something to show that it works. I mean, if this works, like I think it's going to work, okay? This will change shooting for all sponsors. This will be a give-give relationship from this point on for shooters, match directors, and the sponsors. Because one thing that always... I've always found important, especially now that I own a business and I'm in this, in this sport with a a company is to give back. Right. So I run my own local matches, me and a a couple of guys do all the building, you know, giving back. Right. I don't have to build a match. I can just go, cool. I'm just going to go practice. I don't, I don't need to build matches. I don't have to do that, but I enjoy building the matches and giving back to other shooters. I remember what it was like to come to a match and go, this is shit. Like this is shit. Like what? I'm not going to learn anything today. I shot the same stage last week. Oh, great. Another port, <laughs> right? Like, Oh, some lazy ass, some bitch yeah. just put a port up and made it an easy stage. Right. Well, so look at all four of us here. We all do that. Right. And, and that's the thing that I just, I, I felt like there was something that we could give back to the sponsors, right? And I haven't had the opportunity because I don't run a big match. I don't run a level two. I haven't ran a level two. I understand how to run one, right? It's just like any other business. Spend less than you bring in, <laughs> right? Hopefully. Take care of your employees because that's basically what the staff is, that is your is. employees oh, at yeah, this point. For sure. But who pays the bills? The shooters? That to mm-hmm. me is the thing that gets lost in most matches is the shooters without the shooters, you don't need staff, right? So give them something that's extraordinary outside of just shooting the match, right? Cause look at this nationals as a great example. My opinion of this nationals isn't as high as the other ones. 
but someone else like Sean thinks this match was great, right? He thought it was a great match. That doesn't mean that my opinion is more important than his. It's just two different opinions about the match, right? So give them something that everyone can agree on is awesome. Like the sponsors want the shooters in front of them. Did I feel like I had to go see those sponsors at nationals? No. Why? Because they were out of my way. <laughs> Does that make sense? Uh, they, no one forced me to go in there ever. Not once. So, I mean, let me ask you a question. Would you think if they didn't do that where you won money, do you think that was still successful if they just did it for free and you didn't win a single prize? No. I don't think a lot no. of shooters I don't I don't think a lot of shooters would have done it just for fun. There has to be some incentive. Isn't I, I competition isn't competition of who's the best at that specific skill set good enough for you or no? But if it's not technically part of the match, like you're like, eh. It it wasn't maybe if it was a mini stage or something, I just didn't think the build drill draw six rounds on target, it just wasn't. I don't know. I thought it was. It wasn't any count. <laughs> you thought it was what? I thought it was. Can you count? I did five shots. <laughs> well, he did it. Why didn't you just put six rounds in the gun? <laughs> That's what I fucking told him. Thank you. <laughs> well, because oh. I don't. I'm not one of those people where I just pull the trigger till it ends. I just like all right. That's why no one will ever remember your name. Oh, <laughs> right. Hey, who was, who was, uh, oh, here we place? go. Here we go. Uh, Dude, the only reason you beat me is because I'm such a good coach. That's right. Ah, <laughs> I finally got one. You know what? Back. Hey, those who can't do, you know teeth, what? Right? <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. That is a low. Freaking <laughs> blow, you son of a bitch. Hang oh, on, in hang case on. Anybody doesn't know Tyler beat me at this match, just so we all know. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll take I'll take the heat off you, Tom. Oh <laughs> hey, you know what? On a serious note though, Tom, I've never heard Tyler talk so much about another shooter as much as he talks about you, especially helping his game as much as you have i mean i'm gonna be honest you brought him from master to gm he was just a master He's just. <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate it man you, you know what I, I i'm not gonna lie dude i have um i've really grown close to a lot of the guys in south carolina like we i feel like it's really funny because i just went to area four and i have a group of guys i have like little patches of the same group they're just in different states like i have guys that i'm friends with in texas that i'm like man if we ever got the guys in south carolina or the short bus team here in florida all together there isn't a single restaurant that wouldn't call the police like it would everybody would just because we're all like this little group of the same they all have different personalities but we're all getting along it's so crazy because i'm like how many times in life do you like you're in this room and you're like, God, I hate that dude. Right. But then you're like, you get all these different personalities in the shooting world. And it's like, we all mesh. It's, it's kind of crazy. Like it's really, really cool. That's one of the reasons I love this sport, man. The people I meet. Yep. You need you know? a preacher, Tom. I was, yeah. I need a pre. Oh man. I don't know <laughs> if I've ever told that story, but basically we went out to eat at the first class. Was that the first class, right? Yeah. It was the mm -hmm. first one. Yeah. So I got really comfortable with all these guys. Like, kind of right away 
So I kind of let loose a little bit at the restaurant and we had like a very older, like Christian couple sit down. And by the time we were all done eating and yes, I'm not the only one who cusses in our group, by the way, we're sitting down at the table, but I just happened to be, I think the loudest one surprise Tom's loud. And I, the lady walks up and goes, I was like, Oh, we're so sorry. And she goes, no, you guys are great but you need a preacher. And <laughs> so that was just one of the moments in my life that I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to live that down with these guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> By the time um, the way, I think we've talked about on this podcast, like three times now, but yeah, yeah. it's, it's hilarious. So it's, it's just a good moment in, in my life, I guess, probably not something I should be proud of. I know, right? <laughs> I was surprised we didn't get yelled at at the steakhouse. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, um, yeah, that, who that was it that did? Who was it at Longhorn that was sitting in the corner over there that did get yelled at? Kind of. It was either me or Donovan. It was sitting to the left of you, Tom. I think it was after the match. Oh, that would be uh, Adrian, or no? It was Aaron. It was Aaron. It had to be Aaron because he was falling asleep. Like he was irritated. He wanted, he was like, oh, you're going to order last. That, I think that's what it was. He was going to order last. Yeah. And then he was pissed that he had to order last and ended up getting his food before I did. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know, food and you, Tom, must not mix. Because I just remember you were super happy. And then all of a sudden your food comes out. And dude, your face just turned like straight red. And you looked at the yeah. waitress and you were like, I asked for no butter. Yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Dude, I just I, like I try not to be a pain in the ass at a restaurant, but when you pay a lot of money for food and I don't know, I, I just I used to be a server, man. Like I, I did whatever I could to survive in some of these economy crashes. And it's just like it's real simple. Follow the instructions that the guy tells you or a woman, write the shit down, go type it in before you bring it. Go, hey, listen, this can't have butter on it. You got to redo it now. I don't know. It's like ordering a it's like ordering a cheeseburger anywhere and going no tomatoes please. <laughs> and then they put tomatoes on it. I'm like, so the burger didn't start with the tomatoes. Like you had to actually make effort to put the tomatoes on it. <laughs> that I don't know. Whatever. That's just my opinion. So, but I I don't I eat at Longhorn a lot and I usually don't get my meal right the first time. Ever. Like Todd knows I, there was one nationals or one match I went through. I went through three steaks. The lady brought it to me in the effing to go container. That's how many times they messed it up. Yeah. So $30 steak. I got it to go container and it was raw when I got it back the third time. I was like, oh my goodness. So, you know, whatever. It is what it is. I just don't have good luck at the restaurants, I guess. They just, at that point, it's like, here's just the meat. You go home. Yeah, you go cook. You you know. it. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, this is you a, you literally bastard. are a steakhouse that can't cook medium rare. And then like, we were I, just like, well, he's just an open shooter. I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and actually, I think I was shooting open when that, or no, I might've been shooting carry out there at the time. Whatever. It was just like, what the hell? So, all right, boys, I think that's it, man. I, uh, I think now everybody will think I'm just a big giant ass complainer. Cause they're probably not going to listen to the podcast and go, Oh, okay. He's not, you might just want to edit out. It's like ended on a positive note. What was your favorite, absolute favorite part in the match for everybody? Well, match surrounding, match itself, the experience, whatever. Your absolute favorite part. That's a good question. I'll go last. I'll start. <laughs> My squad. Bro, I had 
the worst match, but the best freaking time. So I shot with a bunch of people I had never, I didn't know. Um, I shot with some people I knew, like Sean Griffith and Trace Decker are two of the nicest people I've ever met in this sport. And I really enjoy shooting with them, not only because they are awesome people to talk to and you can, I can be myself around them, but also because they're really good shooters. Like one, I uh, trace was seventh and uh, Sean was 11th. Right. So it was just, I had a really shitty match and I made sure that no matter what I was going to have fun. Right. Obviously not at their expense though. I made sure that I didn't like, if I had a bad stage, I didn't sit there for 30 minutes and bitch about my stage. I just said, you suck, suck it up, do better on the next one, get better, do better. Right. There's no such thing as a shitty match. It was just a shitty stage or a shitty bullet, whatever it is. We walked away from that match and those guys walked up to me and were like, bro, I have never had so much fun shooting us like a nationals or a big match like this. And I go, well, I appreciate that. Like they basically were like, dude, we had fun shooting with you. I don't always get that because not everybody likes my personality because I like to laugh and joke around at big matches. Cause it's, you're adding all this extra bullshit pressure to yourself. It's already there. Have some fun, right? Enjoy the shit. Cause what are you doing? <laughs> so I had met a lot of great people on that squad and we just had a good time. I mean, I remember Sean, he's going to kill me for saying this because, <laughs> but I'm good. That Virginia count stage where it was four, four reload, four, four. He shoots, he's crushing it. He reloads trigger preps going out and shoots the fucking gun before he gets on target. And I'm like, ah. Oh the fact that you got penalized for being good <laughs> for trigger prepping before you get to the target. I don't know anybody who just hated all the Virginia stages, but all of us, everybody was like, this is fucking stupid. So a couple times after that, I was like, yeah, man, you need to learn how to shoot. Like you suck. Like just to lighten it up. You know what I mean? Like to, to dude, he's shooting so well. And I mean, it was just fun. You know I mean? Like I got to be myself around those guys and I just had a really great time on that squad. And it's, it's not, there was a guy Todd on there too. I'm going to butcher his last name. I think it was Sinclair, just a, a freaking great dude, like had all kinds of conversations with them. That was my favorite part of the match. I mean, I love shooting whether I suck or not, but that was just, that was the thing I took away from the match. I mean, I, I took tons of pictures with those guys, squad pictures. I don't usually do that. Right. I don't always do that. Even with my friends, I don't always get like pictures throughout the match, but really enjoyed that, that squad. And honestly, none of those guys were my close, close friends. I mean, I think Sean and trace are probably the closest people I'm to on that mat on that squad, but that, that was definitely Definitely my favorite. There was a 10 minute rant on how awesome my squad was. Sorry. <laughs> Can't, I mean, dude, Griffin, uh, that dude is amazing. Yeah. With the Glock. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, All right, Sean, go. Nope. Sean, what was your favorite? Um, kind of the same thing. I, I got to say, uh, for going to my first Nats, you know, you're definitely, you're not scared, right? But you've got the butterflies. You don't know what to expect. So, I was definitely like, you know, didn't really know what to do my first day, but seeing everyone that I've, you know, I've shot with a lot of people before and kind of seeing everyone and saying hi to everyone, that's what really calmed me down. Yeah. So I, I think just the experience alone, you know, was, it was great, but seeing everyone together, 
you know, this was the biggest carry optic gnats, you know, in the books. I mean, it it was just, it was a lot of fun, you know, and I, I, you know, I don't talk to a lot of, you know, I don't know a lot of the top shooters, but like, you know, Nils is definitely any match I see him at. I do like to say hi to him. He's definitely one of the nicest guys I've ever met. 1 million percent. Yep. I mean, it's, you know, I've talked to Mason before. I, I didn't talk to him. Um, I, Lockwood, I, I love that guy. He is a great guy. I mean, you know, and he's from California too. So I, I just think, you know, seeing everyone was, was a great, great experience. And then meeting new people, you know, the same thing. We had, me and Tyler didn't know a lot of people. I mean, you know, I, I met Todd, I met Aaron, I met Donovan all on that squad. But there was, you know, a handful of people that we didn't know. And we had a good squad too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. I'll be at I'll be at Ohio 2023. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. And it, for me, I it was a squad. It was getting to know you, getting to know some of the other people. And I went into it with zero expectations. And I probably should have went into it with some because I sucked because of that. I think part of that was my mindset I need to work on. But I went into it knowing what to expect for next year. And so uh, I got just, uh, expand on that a little bit. What do you mean you went in with no expectations? Like you didn't, I didn't go in with any, I don't want to say goal. My goal was to survive, which it was to go in to be able to learn and do stuff. But I think if I would have added a little bit more pressure to myself, I would have done better. So do you feel now that you've shot this match? Cause I don't think we actually talked about this at all. D- now that you shot this match, do you feel like nationals is just another match? Yeah, it's just a marathon, though, right? Like you have it's to. A, do- it's a, it's, it's definitely it's another match, and it's a right. marathon because I didn't see. There was one thing I saw at nationals that I'd never seen before. That was it, and that was a visual start. Everything yeah, else I've done so hard. Yeah, that wasn't even hard. I know. I'm just, just saying that's the only thing I've never blink, seen before. As long as you didn't blink when the light went off, <laughs> it wasn't that hard. <laughs> but no, that was the only thing. <laughs> that was the only thing I'd never seen before and never done before. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I know what to expect. I know where I want to be next year. Got nine months to get there. Yeah. Good. Now just remember not to change your gun before this, the next match, you dumbass. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Unless it's a panic rival, right? No. Ooh, yeah. Oh. I still don't think you should change if you're going to do it right before the match. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyler, go. I, I, my favorite thing was learning about uh, fixed time stages. <laughs> so didn't Todd say we're going to end this on a positive note? Oh my God. Hey, it's positive. I'll never fuck that shit up again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, you know, same thing as everybody else, man. Just hanging out with people. Honestly, just getting to see a lot of uh, the Cali people again that I haven't seen in a year and a half and hang out with Sean. The fucking whole weekend was awesome. So yeah, yeah. Tyler said Sean was cool, but I didn't realize how cool Sean was. So yeah. Oh. Well, it's hard <laughs> to take Tyler's opinion because you know he's a Cali boy too. So he's. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm kind of retarded. It was very nice to meet you, Sean. I'm not gonna lie, dude. I had a oh. we had a great time. Like we all agree, we really enjoyed hanging out with you. It was fun. Like next year, we definitely got to get the same house though. <laughs> 
Like that kind of sucked. We were in two different houses yeah. because uh, plans changed. So that just kind of ruined the whole, like where we usually all stay together, which was good in some way. No, no, <laughs> because in some ways, like our house didn't have room anyway. Like it would have taken a, a, a lot more to get all of us together. Cause we already had four people as it was in well, our house. So I'll start we got to practice there. in our backyard though. So our house is fucking tight. Yeah. Well, we had we a lake behind ours. So we got to look at the water that <laughs> oh, we, Jesus. Here we, we go didn't again. have a boat for, but we got a lake. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. But so you guys um, did one call out that you did in the truck before we leave to Mr. President. That fucking cracks me up still. Mr. President. <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know who Mr. President is, that is the ye men. Mr. Ye men. <laughs> The he goes oh my god and he goes like this that yeah, was fucking awesome. awesome dude so now do you know what that poor guy every <laughs> single time i see him i call him Mr. Mr. President. <laughs> yeah so the other day the other day i cannot remember we were at pan american games and there was a bunch of people standing around i said oh look you have your private security <laughs> he's like you son of a bitch <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like you son of a bitch i'm like i'm sorry mr president i don't even do i shake your hand do I bow? I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> it was good meeting him too. So that was cool. Yeah. He's uh, dude. He, he's awesome. He's a, he's a great guy. I don't know what he's going to do as a president, but fuck, let's go. Let's see what I've we known, got. I've so. known him for a while now. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's awesome. He is. Yes, he you, is. Know what I, you know what I like about him? One of my favorite things about him is I like his, his um, demeanor. Like, I feel like he just kind of stays calm no matter what you come at him with, you know, and he just has a, he'll have that conversation that needs to be had. Uh, And I like that whether he does well or not, you don't know. You never know. I mean, dude, look at, look at all the shit you got going on in the world of politics in general. You, you could vote somebody and they tell you how awesome they are. And then they're like the shittiest politician ever. You don't know, but I, I believe in his personality, uh, the way he is, I think he'll do a good job with, the controversies, non-controversial things. And, and I truly believe he wants to do something good for the USPSA. I, I, I really, you know, I do believe that that's, you know, so we'll see. I hope it, I hope he does an amazing job and anybody who roots against him, that's kind of stupid. Cause he is, he is responsible or going to help USPSA in general. So if you, whether you like him or not, it didn't get who you wanted in there. He at least is your president now, right? Like, that's how it works. Yep. Those guys now have to let's support them. Let's see if we can help them. Let's let's throw let's throw our support behind them. I, I I mean again, you don't have to like the guy. I you know, most politicians I don't like. I just want them to do something to make the shit better, whether it's yep. USPSA or the country. I don't yep. care. I don't have to like you. Just make it better. You know, that's, look that's on his face awesome. when he found out Tyler was eating meat. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that was, he was like, and I was like, yeah, man, we ruined him. Like he's back, to, he's back to manhood now, bro. He's out of that California eat beans and sprouts and all that weird shit. He picks up off the ground. <laughs> Not all of us from Cali are. Dude, I think so Tyler didn't eat meat for his own reasons, but the first thing he did when he actually ate meat was like a pound of ribs. Like he went straight for like the worst kind of, not a nice juicy steak. He's like, give me the ribs, bro. <laughs> oh, shit was awesome. All right, boys. Well, listen, it, it was, uh, hopefully this podcast goes out in a positive way and doesn't sound like I'm bitching the whole time because that's not what I mean by it. I just, I would like to see some, I just hope they listen to us a little bit more. 
That's all I ask. You know, just, just listen to what we're saying that, you know, 90% of the shooters that I talked to, which is quite a bit since I never shut the fuck up, uh, <laughs> hated the Virginia count stuff. Not that they hated Virginia. They hated how much of it was right. That some of the stages didn't seem like there was much effort put into them. That's not good. You should never walk away from a major match like nationals and go, man, I wouldn't even put this at my local. That's all. I, those are the things that kind of bother most shooters. Now, Will they have a platform like I do? Maybe not. I'm willing to say some stuff that some other people won't. That's okay. I'm good with it. You know, this isn't personal for me. This is just, I would like to see those improvements. That, that's all. I just think we could, if we all tried to work together instead of just complaining all the time and try to have solutions, you know, hell, I'll, I'll throw some stages in the mix. If you guys want, let me know. I'll send you some stages. I'm good with it. I, I'll, I love building stages. I, you know, I love putting that stuff together and trying to come up with different ideas and pushing the challenges and, and even small stages. I'm, I'm good with it. Like let's rock and roll. Like they some won't of be the in best stages though. I've ever shot are small. What's that? They won't be in SketchUp though. <laughs> I can do SketchUp. I'm just going to send you the picture and go here, bro, put this in SketchUp <laughs> for me and send it back to me. And I'll pretend like I did this. <laughs> I'll put my 3d thing on it and then you can, you can sketch it up. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just, I've always enjoyed nationals. It's a big deal to me. You know, I, I, I've always enjoyed nationals. It just sucked this year that I walked away and it had nothing to do with my shooting. Like my shooting is my fault. Not, not the match's fault that every stage they built, I should have been able to shoot. That wasn't the thing that I disliked. I just, it's just a lot of the same shit over and over and over again in two different zones, three zones. Sorry. But either way, I had a great time at the match. I just sucked. So Sean, you got yeah. anything? I just was going to say, I mean, it's one thing if people are bitching that don't help the sport, but as right. much passion and as much volunteer that you give back, you know, we all, all of us, we all are stage builders. We all help. I mean, we all do something, right? So it's like, I feel like it's not bitching. We're just kind of giving our two cents, you know? Right. As so. fellow match directors. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. All of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I and again, I, I just just to emphasize this one more time, they really do do a good job, dude. That job no, is so freaking hard. Well, like, I can't. It's imagine. so hard, dude. I can't imagine that. Yes, tw 19 stages. Just the putting it on the ground, That's renting the place to put the food in, getting the food vendor, bringing the water, bringing the ice, dude. Let me tell you. Let me tell you two jobs I would never want when it comes to running nationals, the NORI job has got to be a fucking nightmare to get staff. It's gotta be. And because they switched venues, it must've been a real pain in the ass. Yep. Because well, now your RO staff is completely changing where you can go, who can go, who can't go. That must've been a nightmare. Carry optics. They did it. it was, it was the next two they changed. Oh, they didn't. Oh, that's right. Carry out. I'm sorry. Okay. Always oh, Alabama. Yeah. But dude, think about the next two matches that are coming. Oh, up. I know. Well, I, I, so, I couldn't imagine doing it. So consider this, right? As a positive note, the things that we're not complaining about, they fucking nailed it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, dude, listen, they do a good job. I just think there's always improvements that can be made. You know, I mean, this is in everything we do, even our shooting, like you could crush a stage and you could still find something that you didn't do well. It's just, you're always trying to strive for that. Sometimes I think because of the communication or that they don't communicate to us because they don't have to. Sometimes I feel like as shooters, we're like, dude, why don't they listen to us? Well, they might be, but nobody ever says, Hey guys, 
great idea <laughs> or yeah. all hands on deck. Let's bring the guys who did some catering and let's ask them what's the best way to do this. Right. Maybe delegate, say, Hey guys, do you guys want, can we bring you on and maybe help us run the food section? Cause we don't give a shit about the food. We care. We have to deal with trophies and staff and squads. Oh, and so like and I, let's somebody else in for that. Yes. Right. When you say it that way, it makes total sense. So, because honestly, that'd be the last thing in my mind would be the food. If I was the match director for that. So I, I'll bring this up with what, what just, what I just said, bringing someone in a great example is I was the one that thought up the sponsorship area for South Carolina sectional. I brought it up to Todd's attention. Todd's like, Hey man, awesome. Sounds good. You think you can no, do it? It I wasn't said, yeah. that easy. No, hold on. Todd's like, you think you can do it? All right, cool. Let, 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 let me look at it. Let me see where we can put it and see if we can get it done. I said, okay, cool. I get the phone call. He goes, good. You and Matt are in charge of this. I'm like, what the fuck did I just do to myself? <laughs> <laughs> but he just made it to where now the match is his concern. My concern is the sponsors. Now he's in charge and he's the guy that I have to go to because he still has the overseeing of it. But at the end of the day, I took the pressure away from him to go find all the sponsors, do all the sponsorship stuff, set up where I want to set it up. All those things are now more on me and Matt Hopkins. So now he can focus more on the staffing, the other things that need to be done. And we have way more staff than just myself and Matt obviously doing this. But again, it's, those are the things that, if you have the expertise somewhere else, bring those guys in. Let's yeah, call those guys. Let's get them in this and, and to help. And I'm not ashamed to say the last two years, that's been my weakness. And well, when it's because you are too nice, you, you don't like telling people what to do sometimes. And sometimes no, as you need to be that guy that goes, Hey, let's, I need you oh, to go do this. You're going into that. delegating. I was talking to sponsorship right. relations, but we yeah. could have a whole nother podcast yeah. about Todd if we want. Sometimes it's how awesome he is, not <laughs> negatives. But but I'm not but I'm not gonna lie. The sponsorship stuff is tough because sometimes you don't know who to talk to. Right. And that's kind yeah. of been my experience so far. I'm like, where do I start? <laughs> you know, it's like, where do you start? Who do you call? Who do you talk to? Because you're not just calling up the 1 800 line for gun repairs and going, hey, listen, I want to see if we can get some sponsorships going, like where we can work together. You know, there's a lot of people in the industry that. They don't even know what USPSA is. So you're not just calling up this random number. So that's been the hardest part so far is trying to figure out who to call. So, but you know, it's part of it. That's, that's why what, what those guys do in USPSA is pretty damn amazing. Like yep. they do a lot of <laughs> dude, just getting what SIG brought. That was pretty damn amazing. The amount of gear and stuff that they brought to the match. Like I want a gun and I was 30th. <laughs> Mm -hmm. like, well, Sean wanted a gun at 45. Right. That's pretty awesome. Right. I mean, I, I can't believe that Sean won a high point. That's pretty amazing. But <laughs> yeah, that's a hell of a prize. And it was red dot ready. <laughs> Dude, fuck you. I sold that out there for $500. <laughs> so can you tell everybody before we get off here why you sold it there? Uh, again, California. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted you to admit that that's all. <laughs> it was so upsetting to like, I, and I wanted the gun, right? Yeah. I was, like, I did. I was like, Oh, maybe desert. Oh, fuck it. Like, it, yeah. 
So, so you should you can like wear part of it in your socks, like a spring goes in your sock, and then like <laughs> the slide gets hidden in your underwear drawer. And it's like, what? No, I don't have that. I just got parts everywhere for different things. Yeah, that's that's crazy. You have to deal with that. So thank you for joining us for the podcast. If you have any questions, hit me up in those comments and I'll see you on the range. <laughs>